0: Can we please get the hell
1: out of here? This place gives me the creeps. Why does she tell me we're coming to you? Hello, may I help you? You can sure as I'll well try. Hi, I'm Abe Froman. Party of three for twelve. Is there a problem? You're Abe Froman. That's right. I'm Abe Froman. The sausage king of Chicago. Yeah. That's me. Listen, young man. nous, I'm very busy here. Why don't you take the kids and go back to the clubhouse? Are you suggesting that I'm not who I say I am? I'm suggesting that you leave before I have to get snooty. Snooty? Snotty. Snotty? Okay, Abe. Let's go. No, I'm not going anywhere. No. We like to be seated. Listen, young man. Either you take the field trip outside or I'm going to have to call the police. The pol- You're gonna call the police on me? Yes. Fine. As a matter of fact, I'll call them myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> call <the> police. <sighs> This'll be a hoot.
0: Here,
1: give me the phone. I have another call. Huh. I've had enough of this horsing around. Give me the phone back. you touch me. I yell rat. There's another phone around here somewhere. Find it. Wonderful. I weep for the future.
2: Okay, Ferris, can we just let
1: it go, please?
2: Ferris,
3: please, come on, too far, you're gonna get busted.
1: A, you can never go too far. B, if I'm gonna get busted, it is not gonna be by a guy like that.
0: Excellent, fantastic. That's much better. I like it when things play as opposed to not playing.
4: <laughs> Don't jinx us.
0: <laughs> I prefer the things functioning properly uh, version of the show as opposed to.
4: You're gonna have to get used to that. That's what's <laughs> happening. Like, That's there's
0: nothing fantastic. we can do about it. All right. Is it just sort of like a sticking or a, a skipping or something happening this within is... the uh, within the hard drive? Yeah,
4: this is what happened to us on the Punk Show last night, and it was so frustrating.
0: We should pass it off as some sort of a European remix of the theme. <laughs> All right. If at any point during the uh, program today you hear music beds that appear to be skipping, sticking, stopping, sputtering, uh, scattered, staccato, it's uh, it's simply because uh, we're attempting to be a little more cosmopolitan uh, in our taste. That's exactly what it is. It's a, uh... it's, a it's a house mix. All right. We're being artistic. That's exactly it, Tim. It's avant-garde. It's 4 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 5 in this, the month of April in the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming by and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed and flawlessly executed studios of Rock 101, KUFO. It is Monday morning, uh, and good morning to you. It's the uh, Rick Emerson Show here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is uh, Monday, April 6th, 2009. If you would like to be a part of our program today, here's how you do it. It's 503-733-290. 970-503-733-2970 503-733-2970 503-733-2970 If you'd like to get on board with your comments, questions, clarifications, ruminations, ponderings, musings of an ironic nature, uh, whatever it is you might have today, 503-733-2970 You can also uh, email if you like, it is rick at rickemerson.com, rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah with an H and nine. Uh,
4: God damn, I've been doing so no, well.
0: No, here's the bad. I didn't say it though, I, I pulled myself back from the uh, precipice there. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com uh, or Tim at KUFO.com. It's 503-733-2970. Here's what's coming up today. We have seen a radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum, who will be joining us from New York City, where I guess I don't even know what the point of asking this is right now because I don't think anybody in this room is going to know. But there's all this uh, – everybody was all freaked out this weekend about the North Korea rocket launch, something or other. And it's, like a, it's like a bad M-80 going off, basically. It went nowhere. You <laughs> get the idea. It's just like a trash can with a yeah. bunch of fireworks attached to it, sort of just going zzz over the neighborhood and then sputtering out, landing in a heap. But there was not even any confirmation. I saw something from the. Uh, there was some uh, l- like release or something for the whoever that guy is. It's the press secretary for the for the Obama White House, and he was saying they didn't even know if it actually launched. I mean, isn't that the sort of thing you could tell with like a? Uh, I don't know, can't you look? Can't, don't we have telescopes or something?
5: It's, a, it's like a trash can launch with a catapult with people, you know, <laughs> 10 Koreans jumping on the end of it. to get an airborne, it just crashed in a dump somewhere. For their glorious the leader. that
0: is North Korea. <laughs> we do this for honor of all North Korea. And then it just sort of hits a compost heap somewhere on the other side of uh, the other side of the city. Well, so the North Koreans either either did or did not launch a rocket, and it either was or was not successful. And they're either going to kill us all or, or not. I mean, they probably are. I mean, that's... Well, not today. Anyway. Uh, They'll have to do it the Chinese way. They'll have to do it with lead and hate. CNN Radio correspondent James Roop will be joining us from Los Angeles, uh, where I guess... So Chris Brown is being... What is is the plea today? He's plea. It's not an arraignment. I don't even really know what an arraignment is. I think an arraignment's where you're formally charged. The first time you go out.
5: All right. And everyone introduces you, saying you're about to be charged, and there's going to be a big court case. All right. And the cameras will be here.
0: And so, but today is when he actually enters his plea, which will be not guilty. By the way, if you'd like to sort of read ahead to the end of the uh, to the end of the book, it's not going to be guilty. It'll be. And here's why I'm glad he's pleading not guilty. Winner just such a jackass but i'm glad that he's doing it because it means more entertainment for us because if he was to plead out right now then they might you know they stick him in some diversion program or whatever or, you know he's got go, uh, to go like a, the obligatory anger management class but he's going to plead not guilty which means we get to drag him all the way through a long painful unpleasant trial so i'm looking forward to that already uh, Oregonian pop culture reporter Christy Turnquist will be in the studio later on today To talk about the weekend, the box office And attention, geeks We will be talking to one Nathan Fillion uh, Late of Firefly Of Serenity Of uh, Dr. horrible sing-along blog Of the Wonder Woman DVD He's in the new show, Castle And he did come of the voices for Halo 3 Which is fantastic uh, And he was also on Guiding Light, I think which I didn't know, I think Susan was the one who told me that Guiding Light's going out the air No, 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 One Life to Live, I'm sorry He's a Canadian actor, best known for his lead role as Captain Mal Reynolds in the television series Firefly, but also as Joey Buchanan in One Life to Live, which I think makes him the first person that we've ever had on the show who was on a soap opera. Anyway, so there you go. Also, he's quite a handsome fellow. So there you go. Nathan Fillion coming up uh, later on today as well. Today's top five. So today is the, what, 15th anniversary? 15th. Uh, Kurt Cobain's, uh, it, yeah. was, it was it's today that, he, that, they, that they found him or that he killed himself? Yesterday. That Yesterday. He,
4: uh, that he killed himself.
0: I guess. They're sort of speculating it. Probably it's uh, difficult to get an actual fix on that. But uh, So, some, I don't know. Sometime within this sort of three-day window, uh, the Kirk band uh, off themselves. So, we uh, w- today we'll be doing the top five songs that sound a lot like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, top five songs that sound a lot like Smells Like Teen Spirit. What else? Uh, we have a small uh, chunk of the new Green Day single. We have part of the new Green Day that we'll be playing later on. So that's going to be coming up in today's program. Uh, we have a pair of tickets to see uh, Pennywise at the uh, Jägermeister Music Tour, as well as a Pennywise skate deck. That's happening today. It's just the, the more show than I think is legally uh, so allowed. Awesome. Let's see. Obama Watch coming up today. And Tim, do you have that car, that uh, road rage story I just handed you? You just handed me? Never mind. Don't <laughs> worry. Never mind. You just so had like... you one. have the story
4: that I just handed you? You just <laughs> had the
0: most... Well, because I just I thought I handed you a story just now, but you know it turns out that I've got it right here. I'm sorry B- because there's already. I s- thought it was going nuts. There's well, I wouldn't rule it out as like like a possibility, but it, there's already about 17 different piles of news stories because well, there's already. so much stuff that is piled up over the weekend. I just want to give you a little bit of a uh, I want to give you a little bit of a heads up about something that's going to be happening later on in the program. That'll be this story. The headline is ear bitten off in road rage incident, and it's all worth it for this one uh, sentence right here. Guffey said Cross, a man he had never met before, then started attacking him, quote, He come bum-rushing me, then grabbed me like this, and started taking chunks of my ear and spitting them at me, end quote. One more time, quote, He come bum-rushing me, and then grabbed me like this, then started taking chunks out of my ear and spitting them at me, end quote. Well, the uh, the full version of that story later on the day as well. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification on this Monday morning.
5: Nasty news out of Washington State, where a man murders his five kids after his wife plans to leave him. A urinating dog leads to the ambush that kills three in Pittsburgh. Two rock climbers die after falling 35 feet at Horseshoe Butte. Nine escaped monkeys are caught after a brief period of freedom on the west side over the weekend. Bristol Palin's ex says, "Quote." Most of the times, I don't know what's wrong with her, unquote. <laughs> Security guards fire at the paparazzi at Tom Brady's wedding. Farrah Fawcett's selfish, drag-addicted son gets arrested while she's in the hospital. Jeff Beck, Metallica and Run-DMC among the inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame over the weekend. We'll have sound on that. A four-year-old boy calls 911 requesting help with his math homework. Oh, and Detroit police break up a pillow fight.
0: It's quite a day already, Tim. Uh, I should simply say, in terms of the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, induction, that's the thing that every year I swear not to care about, and then every year I get all cranked up about it. But that being said, there's not a whole lot to be irritated about this year. I mean, I, I can sort of dwell on the, the the folks who continue to be overlooked uh, by the uh, wizened gentlemen that run that institution. But you know, any year in which uh, you've got Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page playing guitar together and Run DMC is put in, that's uh, not a whole lot to uh, not a whole lot to carp about. So, I think it was Saturday night that I was, uh, Chris Paddock and I uh, went to a movie, and there was, he got a a message from somebody who was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony, and the message was just something like, I am watching Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck play uh, a song together right now, 15 feet from me, which is, you know, meanwhile, I'm sitting there watching like a nine billionth generation print of the movie Creepshow with Chris Paddock. So, I mean, it was all, he and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, this is our evening. Well, let's get back to the movie, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello.
4: Hello. How are you today? Oh, very well. are you, in fact, very well? Man, I'm tired today.
0: I never would have guessed.
4: I know. Can you believe it? I guessed
0: immediately. It's a shocker. That's okay.
4: It's a Monday. (laughs) What can you do? Um, Yeah, I had an interesting weekend. I went to Fantasy Video for, you know, the... Bo love signing
0: thing. Yes, Bo Breedlove. I think I've heard of him. So this, uh, we should back up for a second. And so this was, God, the days were all drifting together for me too. Was it Saturday? Mm-hmm. Can't even remember. So it was Saturday that he was doing the signing of, so he was he was here in the studio with us on Friday. And by the way, we want to thank Carl Click as uh, and everybody at K2 uh, for, I mean, I think we were on, so on Friday we were on the 6 a.m. news because, you know, I did the sort of phone interview with those guys. Then we were on at noon for, I think a couple times at night maybe.
5: Yes, And then they posted the entire interview online, which you can still see if you go to RileyLive.com. It's unedited.
0: Yeah, if you uh, if you go to the yeah if you go to the K two website or you can go to Tim's site or my site uh, th- th- all and I think Sarah's Facebook page has this, like all thirty five minutes of the interview basically the entire There's hour. There's no way to avoid it with, with Bo Breedlove, They posted on uh, on K two and I have to say this really just uh, this Pretty is the sort funny. of thing that I uh, that I never observed. Uh, I actually uh, don't think I look that hideous, which is really what it's all about. It's...
5: I looked hideous without makeup. Had I known, <laughs> well you
0: but see you of all people should have known.
5: I know and it was in my bag. Well usually what happens is I'm always cut out. Of everything,
0: you so sort of I, I you would never make it in. Exactly. So Why should I bother to look presentable? What will happen? W- what am I ever seen on? Nothing ever. <laughs> every every time I tell people I'm doing something, they never see any photographic evidence. No, 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 no. Go mm. see me in that new Ron Livingston film. I, ah, crap. No, go see me in the new Jennifer Aniston film. <laughs> ah, crap.
5: And that's just when I've lived here. Yeah. All the things I don't talk about for the ten years I lived in L. A. But I never expected to be on television. There I am, looking like I'm eighty. You did oh, wow. not. I'm going to get. I'm getting Botox next time we do this. Okay.
0: <laughs> Anywho, uh so if you go to Tiketoo, uh, you can see basically that entire hour from Friday, and also uh, Tim Riley looking uh, glorious. Hagrid. So it's uh, Buddy. It, no, I looked
4: awful too. I just I, I couldn't even bring myself. Oh, to that's not it. true.
0: You looked fine. Uh, you, and then I well, it's this early. We so, have
4: faces for radio this early in the morning. So,
0: and we did. We did. I, I have to say, we did actually look. Uh, I, I think pretty with it uh, for you know for being caught on camera that early in the day. But then we're not
5: used to being in the light. No, we're not. Day. Uh, uh, and who knows what we look like when they turn the lights on? And we found out.
0: We're sort of like broadcasting <laughs> moles in that sense. And then on Friday afternoon, so Bo Breathe of goes to uh, Fantasy where he's signing copies of the magazine, and so I went by uh, to sort of uh, you know check out the, the you know the, the scene, and, and Sarah was there, kind of covering it for the station uh, with your friend Kelsey, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Because I walk in, and the first thing I see is Sarah and Kelsey with a little video camera in their hands, uh, just perusing the fetish section, yeah. and there was a. Um, all I'll say is this, is that I... Yeah, that uh,
4: section was messed up.
0: <laughs> I, I, I saw... It was disorganized? I saw Not a so film much. that was nothing but... You know, I don't even want to say what it was. It was just... It, I saw a film NBC that was... Video? It was video? It was with the women uh, in what appeared to be... Uh, I don't even know how to say this. It was. I can't it, remember which one you were talking about. Well, there was any number of DVDs there that I saw, but there was women appeared to be laced into some. I don't even want to describe it, but so you were there with Kelsey. Yeah. And Bo Breedlove was doing the signing of the magazine. Mm. And there was this... Uh, so we
4: recorded the entire thing, too, which is hilarious.
0: And I think it's going to be... Uh, that'll be put up on KUFO.com at some point in the next couple of days.
4: Yeah, except for... I think they're going to have to put like some kind of disclaimer because it is like definitely not child-friendly.
0: Did you get on film when they gave him the huge... Uh, it sounds like code for something. When they gave him the, the big gift sack? Oh, yeah. The, it was like a big a bag big of... Pack, yeah. I have a big, I have a big bag of sex toys, Bo Breedlove. Uh, and then, can we reveal that you and Kelsey and Beau Love and our friend Christine from Fantasy all went out for cocktails? Afterwards? We did. Yeah. It
4: was it was kind of surreal.
0: Was it? Did at any point did you sit there at the at the table and go? I'm sitting here having drinks with the Sam Adams guy.
4: No, it's so weird. Like we're sitting there and I'm listening to him talk, and he's talking about this this new guy that he's dating and stuff. And we're at this um, pretty well known gay bar called Hobos and it's right down the street from Darcelle so we're all sitting there we walk in you know all of a sudden it's the like how tunnels
0: are underneath that by the way
4: exactly yeah, yeah and all of a sudden it's like a record stopping and we walk in like all of these you know beautiful game and all turn and they're all staring at him
0: head done swivels
4: and Bo looks like you know like a, a beautiful boy like, like he's, a million bucks yeah he's all like tan and he's wearing this really tight um, like light pink polo shirt and walks in and he orders a cola and so he's like so they have a table reserved for him. So we're going, like, I'm like, this is the weirdest thing ever. So we go to the reserved table, and, like, Darcel comes over, and he's, like, fawning all over Beau. And then, like, more, like every five minutes, like, some new guy walks over, and he's like, I really like your shirt. And we're watching him flirt. I'm like, oh, this is weird. Was it one
0: of those moments where you're getting, like, a third-person view of yourself and thinking, by God, what an odd life I have It sometimes. was
4: very, very strange. Yeah. But uh, he's a really nice guy. It was a lot of fun.
0: You know, there was a... I, and I, I wasn't quite sure exactly what the turnout uh, was going to be in terms of the demographic. It was, like eighty uh, percent. Uh, uh, guys, probably, mm-hmm. but then there was there was really, from my assessment of it, there was kind of two sorts of people that turned out to meet Bob Breathe never get the magazine signed. There was uh, sort of cute gay guys, and then there was really like kind of butch, sort of punky girls. Mm-hmm. So that was that appeared to be it. That was uh, those were are the just, two groups from which he drew. And
4: then there were like strange older straight men too, now, which was, was kind of surreal. I'm British like, what are you doing Mormons.
0: here? Yeah. I was say, a lot of youth group leaders. <laughs> the um, all right. But that uh, was
4: that was the most entertaining way to spend a Saturday. It was just so weird. Like, spend it in a porn shop, and then all of a sudden, flash forward, and I'm sitting and having cocktails. You well, it's
0: loves. Portland's
5: equivalent to the Kodak Theater, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I suppose. <laughs> all you were missing was the huge, uh, the huge gold Oscar statues out front. Let's see. Um, well, we'll do, we'll do some other stuff on the other side here. I just want to say, uh, so thanks to everybody who came out uh, to that. If you go to RickEmerson.com today, by the way, or if you go to my um, space page, you'll see that I put up a posting about, about Xbox Live. I didn't get a chance to do this last night.
4: Oh, I heard your promo over the weekend.
0: Uh, yeah, because... It, I heard it, too. Well, because the thing is that I, for a while I've been sort of laboring under this problem, which is a uniquely sort of American dilemma. I mean, people in other countries are sort of wondering how many dirt clods they're going to be able to find to feed their family for the evening meal. Or launching missiles. Or, or busy, yes, busy tying rockets to a goat to try to shoot it into space to scare the imperialist aggressor. Um, meanwhile, I have purchased this secondary uh, Xbox Live account because, you know, I have my regular Xbox profile. And when you do that, there's, you know, it's like anything else. It's like when you have email or like an instant messenger or whatever, you have a username. And I don't want to give out the username on the air, not because I'm opposed to sort of, you know, to the playing with, you know, with, with listeners or whatever online. But it's just... That I, 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 I'm afraid that I would not want to look rude, and so I think I would sort of be obliged every time I'd be online on Xbox. I think if I ever got an invitation uh, you know, from any listener, I think I would just have to say yes because I wouldn't want to look like a jerk. And then you realize that you would, I'd probably just never get to bed ever again. I, would just, uh, I wouldn't want to turn any of them down, and so I would just be there all the time. So a listener actually suggested, so I a mean, guy called in last week and said, well, you know, you ought to buy a second Xbox Live account and just give that one out on the air. And so now I have to figure out exactly what the Xbox Live uh, name is going to be. And I will tell you which one isn't available. I tried to get Lars Larson. That was that was gonna, my <laughs> Xbox Live name. Inexplicably, it's taken. So.
5: Oh, I thought you were uh, there's a Lars Larson Xbox game.
0: No. Well, not there's only one button there. It's just the eat button. There's one that says eat and there's one that says suck. And that's it. You don't even need the full controller for that. You can use the old school NES Anyway, so Lars Larson, not available, but I will be uh, I will be uh, digging uh, digging through all the uh, email and all the postings today to try to uh, try to come up with that. More ahead, including seeing a radio correspondent James Roop from Los Angeles. It's the Rick Emerson Show Monday. It's Rock 101 KUFO.
1: The Rick Emerson Show. He has the
6: grace of a swan, the wisdom of an owl, and the eye of an eagle. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is for the birds.
1: Live or via podcast at KUFO.com.
0: It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Not enough songs using the recorder at this uh, point in time. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy on 2970 today's show. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. if you'd like to be uh, part of our program in any way. Coming up later on, CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum and we'll have the uh, top five songs that sound astonishingly similar to Smells Like uh, Teen Spirit. In just mere moments, we'll be joined by CNN radio correspondent James Roop from Los Angeles. Uh, we want to take a moment to welcome somebody new to the Rick Emerson show today. That is our friend Greg Nibbler uh, who is a uh, uh, stashed in the uh, back room as we speak. So if you listen to the show for any length of time, uh, you've heard uh, sort of various folks uh, kind of come, come into uh, the fold of the program. And then in the case of Scotty J, go home to weep silently and alone to themselves, unloved and unsuccessful in a garage. Uh, Richie Bristol, somebody has been with the show for a long time. And if you've listened to Richie over the last... I don't know, probably six, seven, eight, uh, nine months. It's a guy who's obviously got uh, a lot of irons on the fire and a lot of plates spinning. Fashionably attired plates, bedecked carefully with every brand of cosmetic. So, he's got, uh, the, you know, the mixed martial arts thing. He's doing the cage fighting and his Rochelle Crystal thing. So, Richie kind of was at a place where he needed to be able to focus on uh, some of the stuff that's really, you know, a priority to him. So, he's still with CBS Radio. But, uh, as of today, we're going to have our friend Greg Nibbler in the position of production assistant. So, if you call in today, you will hear the voice of Greg Nibbler booming to you dulcetly over the phone. It's 503 733 Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From Los Angeles, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. Good morning to you, sir.
6: Howdy, sir. Good Monday morning.
0: How are you, my friend? How's All life right. in Los Angeles? Was your weekend satisfying in every you way?
6: Are, yeah, it was a good weekend.
0: So, you do they have you actually at the? Uh, do they have you at the courthouse for the Chris Brown thing?
7: I will be this afternoon.
0: Oh, that's right because it's I keep, because we're actually both on on West Coast time here. So, yeah. when is that going to be? Uh, three o'clock. Three o'clock. Is it? I mean, is it going to be the thing where he walks in and then he just enters the plea and then he's out? That's or? it.
6: That's what I Yeah, it's as quick as that. It'll be a madhouse for about a half a day. It's like Christmas. You know, it, you wait all year for it. and It's over in fifteen minutes.
0: So, so the, this, the various stages are not
6: that it's that much fun. But the
0: you know I mean. the so he he gets uh, what he gets arrested, then he gets arraigned, then he gets then he pleads, then he gets something or I can never even tell what the, some of the steps. Yeah, you're are.
6: arrested. You're charged. You're arrested on suspicion. Then you're charged. Then the DA gets the case and decides if um, if he's going to pursue the case. Then you're arraigned. Then, depending upon what you plea, the next, the evidentiary hearings begin and all that kind of stuff.
0: So was, was it a big surprise that he pled not guilty? I sort of thought that he would. Well, he
6: hasn't pled yet.
0: But, but they're kind of saying he's going to, right? That's the sort it, of the it, word. It
6: surprises me that he will because he's already apologized for what happened. Um, I, I don't know though. Mark gergus may be making some sort of deal with Rihanna's attorneys, saying, "Look, or the prosecution who's ever taken this case, if it's felony, probably the DA's office, say, you know, we'll plead guilty to a lesser charge."
0: Because you figure then he goes to some sort of, <clears throat> you know, like an anger management thing or whatever, or a, you know, I promise not to be an abusive jackass program, uh, and then they kind of get it off the table, and then he tries to, I don't know, get some sort of a career back or, or whatever, which you know remains to be seen if that's if that's even possible. But I, part of me. Well, I'll just put it this way. I, of course, we don't know his uh, guilt or innocence. That's a thing that will be determined uh, by the legal system and by a jury of his peers and whatever. Uh, but just strictly speaking for myself, presuming for a moment uh, that he was guilty of this, I mean, in some, you know, in some universe where we knew that to be true, I'm all for a long trial. I'm all just for what is it, whatever's just going to cost that guy a whole lot of time and money. Whatever's going to eat up with the most of his resources, that's what Rick Emerson votes for. You know what I mean? <laughs> except, I mean except
6: it costs the taxpayers money.
0: Yeah, but, you know, the taxpayers don't have any money anyway, so I figure if you're oh, broke, you know, I mean, you're in, if you're $5,000 in debt, why not be $6,000 in debt? At least I'm going to get some entertainment out of it.
6: You know, enjoy it for the entertainment value yeah. that it is. You know, and
0: it's not like California's economy is really booming anyway, so I figure if everybody's in the red, you might as well be in the red for something that's going to give you a little bit of grist uh, for what a, what me, you know it, what I mean?
6: What a way to start the week. Well, I mean... Uh,
0: what, you're you already know? in the toilet, folks, have a fun swimming in the water. That's exactly what I'm saying, you know, it's yeah. just... And weren't you and I just talking, it was somebody else, I think, it, who was that like, discussing this week, and we were talking about how it had been a while since we had a good celebrity trial, because we were, there was, I think we were discussing, Phil well,
6: Spector's still out
0: now. See, that's the thing, is we were talking about how Spector's wrapping up, and I think we were specifically discussing murders, we were talking about how there was Robert Blake, there was OJ, there was Phil Spector, and it seemed like we were getting one about every four years, and Phil Spector's coming to an end one way or the other, and we were like, well, what's possibly going to replace that? So, the Lord may have heard my entreaties uh, and actually given me it, we'll find out later today. But given me this uh, not guilty plea by Chris Brown. That may have been the. Uh, it's what I get for leading a virtuous life, sir. He's going to give me a Chris Brown trial. That's going to be uh, the Lord's way of thanking me for being a virtuous person.
6: Well, you know he's a listener.
0: Yes, yes he is. <laughs> hey, what's up with um with Ryan O'Neal's kid?
6: Uh, Redman or whatever the kid's name is, he's back in jail again. Uh, I I honestly don't know the full extent of that. All that all I know is uh, he's in trouble and. There is in the hospital again or something like uh, that. Uh,
5: apparently, he went to visit a friend in jail and had drugs on him.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. There you go. Wow, sometimes the trash takes itself out. You know, you might... <laughs> You might want to check your pockets. God. Well, that's what you know. You always hear these stories about uh, about somebody who's going in to visit like their man who's in lockup. And, you know, they've, they've got an AK-47 in their purse or something, uh, you know. And <laughs> well, I uh, thought that was there. Pockets full of crack. And they oh, I don't know. I uh, I didn't know. Do I have to check this or something? It's very confusing. Nobody tells me. Because Farrah Fawcett, I mean, not to make light of it, but I mean, she's in the hospital with apparently a pretty serious uh, battle with cancer right now, depending on who you believe. So yeah. this seems like maybe he could uh, lay off the drugging and getting arrested for at least a day or two. All
6: right. uh, it's All right. not going
0: to happen. No, probably not. All
6: right. Well,
0: what could you do if it happened? Then uh, you and I would have nothing. We we sitting here talking about we'd be sharing tofu recipes or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. And
6: you wouldn't be talking to me.
0: Uh, are you dreading your uh, trip to the courthouse today?
6: Uh, yeah, only because it'll be a circus. You know, um, I, I, they don't do a good job these days of of keeping. I mean, and it seems anybody can be there, and everybody will. Right? You know, they don't do a good job of of dispersing the crowds anymore. Nothing to see here. Keep moving. They don't do that anymore. They just let everybody congregate. And it becomes hard to do my job because i got to fight the crowd to get in there. There's most people taking pictures with cell phones and stuff like that. Well,
0: if you happen to see Perez Hilton, give him a big uh, knee in the junk for me.
6: <laughs> right. yeah, you know what? I bet you he'll be there.
0: He probably will. He's yeah. in a moth to a flame, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Jim Roop, thank you, my friend. Thank you. There you go. CNN radio correspondent James Roop in Los Angeles. All right. Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on this Monday morning. Well, we have a lot to tell you about.
5: A man escapes being buried alive in a Utah Avalanche. The Blazers will announce where you can buy playoff tickets this week. Apparently they're they're doing well and going on to some World Series or something. They pass in the Furious Shatters the box office records over the weekend. A woman mistakenly glues her eyes shut. $500,000 California homes now selling for 200000
0: By the way, the expression on Sarah's face right now when he said accidentally glues her, I said, that's the, that story. the story. Before, okay. before we went on the air today, it was around 4.30 or something. We were all in the studio kind oh of getting ready and God. preparing the magic that was we give to the people. Was it the eyelash thing? I, you have to wait to find okay. out. Only a tease. Tim and I were sort of we were sort of sorting through all the news, and I said, oh, my God, this is the worst story I've read You know, the all morning, I mean, probably in a week or so. And Sarah said, what is it? And I said, no, no, no. you have to wait to find out. That's the story right there. So you'll have to uh, you'll have to stand by to learn the details of said eye gluing. Yeah. And it's the same kind of story that we have about every eight months. So you would think at some point uh, people would hear these stories and they would learn not to do this. But that's not the case. All right, that is straight ahead. Later on, Nathan Fillion of Firefly and Castle fame. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian. And we'll do the uh, top five songs that sound uh, just like, smells like teen spirit. Tim Riley is ahead with more of your news, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503 733 if you would like to uh, join us on whatever angle. We've also got Pennywise tickets we're going to be giving away. Tickets to the Jaegermeister Music Tour. And we've got the uh, segments of the new Green Day single, which is, uh the album is 20 uh, 20- 21st Century Breakdown, the single is called Know Your Enemy, and we'll have a segment of that that's coming up later on in the show. All of that coming up, uh, plus Steve Kastenbaum, who will be joining us from New York City and more. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, it is... I know, you tell me. <laughs> here, sorry. I what's was gonna going to try... Here's, here, hold okay, Let's just... I
4: was going to try and go to this, but All now right.
0: that... Can... Hold on, Everyone just... Here, let me just... Forever, so Everybody knows what's going on. If it sounded like I was vamping, as they say there, uh, which is sort of filling time and just kind of uh, killing moments until something happened, we were supposed to go in uh, to a liner there which would identify this radio show, and then uh, we would play some paid uh, commercials from one of our many, many, many sponsors, Mm -hmm. and then we were going to come back on the other side with Tim. None of that happened now because Sarah hit the play button on the computer and everything just sort of locked up. So you heard me. Just sort of stretching for time and filling there, kind of Bill O'Reilly style, with do it live! And then, then Sarah gave me this hand sign just now saying, Well, you know what? We'll just go to Tim at the news desk and we'll have news. And I said, Okay. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we now go to Tim. And then she goes to play Tim's news sounder. This is all like 30 seconds ago. And then that actually locked up and didn't play. Sarah I, I let me go without anything. Let me ask you right now, Sarah. If I were to ask you this question. Can we play any audio of any kind? Would I regret asking you that? Yes. What would the answer to that question be if I were to theoretically ask you? No. <laughs> Wait, let's act it out. Let's role play it just just to make sure. Sarah, can we play any audio? No. <laughs> Fantastic. Shall I, um, hold Wait, on. No, no, shall I introduce Tim myself? I, I can play audio over here.
4: Oh, all right. It's been the little, um, like timer thing, little hourglass thing just finally went away. All right. Yeah, that
0: happens to me all the time. What are we, uh, what are we doing here?
4: We are going to take a little break. All
0: right. I think we deserve... One. Flawlessly executing our genius as we do every day. A one-of-a-kind broadcast filled with perfection. This is The Rick Emerson Show. You know, the best part of this was how that uh, how the music been played properly there, Sarah. Isn't it, though? That's one in the wind column, right? <laughs> 503-733-32970. It is The Rick Emerson Show. It's Monday morning on rock 101 KUFO. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk. Should I be prepared to make the sound myself with my mouth? Just I sort think of it's a. All right. Uh, this is Tim Riley.
7: Yeah. That's right. Feel that, bitches.
0: With Tim Riley.
5: So it's a big deal over the weekend, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Among the inductees is Jeff Beck. He says he's been naughty his whole life and
6: doesn't deserve such an
5: honor. Thank you so much for that. <laughs>
6: I've been naughty all my life, and I don't deserve this at all, but I shall continue to be naughty, I think. But, uh, <laughs> what's that? Uh, sorry, I've lost a bit of hearing. It's all Pete Townsend's yeah. <laughs> fault. But uh, I really don't deserve this. I've been so naughty all my life, and... Uh,
0: so that's Jeff Beck, who was, of course, he was a member of the Yardbirds, yeah. uh, and uh, one of those guys who is sort of—he's kind of the lost guitar player in some ways, sort of like how in uh, in Brit Rock there's that Holy Trinity that is the the Beatles, the Who, and the Stones. And the kinks always somehow get left out of it. There just kind of isn't room to acknowledge how influential they are because you can only sort of juggle so many, so many legends in your mind at any one time. And Jeff Beck is like that because there is the Townsend Clapton Jimmy Page sort of triumvirate and Jeff Beck is the guy who is. In some ways, as influential or as talented as any of them, but he, again, he's, he kind of gets left behind a little bit. And he's he, you know just a, a massive um, influence and has a, a huge impact on a lot of folks, but doesn't always get his due. And I think it was Clapton who tells this great story about growing up. It's one of those stories you only hear from British rock guys. I think it's because... For some reason, sort of, well, like geographically, they were all just so much closer to each other than in America. Mm -hmm. But you always hear these stories about guys like, uh, like Paul McCartney or John Lennon, who like lived down a cobblestone street or something from each other, or Clapton, who lived across town from Jeff Beck, and he said that he he and his sister took the bus over to the other side of. Brixton, or wherever it was they were living, because he heard that there was a guy on the other side of town who knew a chord that he didn't know, and it's kind of before the, the Internet or whatever, and he's like, he, it's like, I only knew three chords, and he knew a fourth chord, so I decided to take the bus over and see what that was about. And he goes over to Beck's house, and Beck, who I think was like a 13, his jetpack was already such a genius, he'd built his own guitar out of just, like, crap he'd found laying around the neighborhood. I mean, really just a, just a massive, uh, massive talent.
5: So it's Metallica Run-DMC and Jeff Beck and Bobby Womack all inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Metallica's lead guitarist James Hetfield comes up with a list of other people he thinks should be included in the Hall of Fame.
2: There's a lot of love and passion for rock music in this room. And talent, I feel the vibe, it feels good. Congratulations to the others who got in tonight. Congratulations to you. And uh, while we're on the subject... We're, we're somewhat of a heavy band, and we have a we have a, s- a small list that we'd like to to uh, also just put some nods out and maybe plant a little seed. It's a band called Deep Purple, Thin yeah. Lizzy, Rush, Kiss, Ted Nugent, Alice Cooper, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Motorhead.
0: Well, good for him. I mean, you know, I think I've certainly had my issues with James Hetfield and Metallica over the years like a lot of people, but I mean, good for him for fame. I mean, for anybody who wonders about the sort of relevance of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, just the fact that you leave out all my favorite bands, example. You leave out Kiss. You leave uh, Alice Cooper. you leave Cheap Trick, who are also not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You just take those guys off the page. The fact that Motorhead and Rush aren't uh, aren't in that place. I mean, should tell you everything. But that's because it's just a lot of you know, it's a lot of old kind of Dave Marsh guys who are busy uh, you know finding new essays to write about Sam and Dave or something. So and Thin Lizzy's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which doesn't make any sense either. That's just a travesty. And it does surprise me that Deep Purple's not in because they're one of those, because they're such a mainstream rock band in so many ways. Deep Purple is in, they are kind of the ideal band for the, uh, for the sort of old wrinkly white guy rock critic because they're kind of loud enough that you can, you can sort of claim that it gives you some kind of hard rock credibility. But at the same time, they're just sort of relentlessly uninteresting in every way. I can't remember the last time I actually heard a Deep Purple song, and I went, wow, that's great. I have, to go, I have to go home and make sure that I own a digital copy of that right now. In fact, while I'm listening, why don't you, why don't you turn that up louder? No one does these things. So, all right, here's Tim Riley.
5: Out of Washington State comes a word a man who fatally shot his five children and killed himself had just discovered his wife was leaving him for another man. The night before, he and his daughter used a GPS in her mom's cell phone to find her with another man at a convenience store in Auburn. Sometime after the children were asleep, he killed them all. Investigators say he then returned to the area near the convenience store looking for his wife. His body was found near that store. Here is the uh, police chief.
6: This was not a tragedy. This was a rotten murder.
5: Too often we call these things tragedies. What happened was five innocent kids lost their lives. A neighbor who lives across the street from the family's trailer in the Deer Run trailer park said... The man wasn't too friendly a person. He was always hollering at the kids. He seemed to be strict with them. So, that happened in Washington State. Incredible. Let's see, I have some other Washington stories here. Remember that Everett father wanted for robbing a convenience store at gunpoint with his nine-year-old daughter at his side? He has turned himself in Yakima Police. Say, 42-year-old Robert Daniel Webb was arrested over the weekend after a friend convinced him to call police. He was almost apprehended in California following the Ellensburg robbery. That a Tacoma man gets life for the 1978
0: killing and dismemberment by chainsaw of a friend. Wow. Of a friend. You can tell he's a friend because of the way he dismembered him.
5: Well, this is Washington, a prison without bars. Is
0: that is that Tacoma, you said? Yes, it's Tacoma. Well, you know, I mean... What do you expect for Tacoma? Well, I mean the uh, the the the, other what did the guy call it? Not a tragedy, but a rotten murder. The Mm -hmm. guy with the five kids and whatever. That's like that's only like 15 miles south of Tacoma. Tacoma is a nexus of bad. Let's have no illusions about that. And incidentally, just before we get into this uh, the the chainsawing story, the story just reading the way the guy who robs the liquor store with the nine year old. That's not Tacoma, but it sounds like he robbed the store in Ellensburg. Ellensburg. The guy himself. And then
5: then he he went to uh, Yakima because he (laughs) thought he could hide out
0: there. Because Yakima's that, a real... the pl- mindset. Why would you want to spend your last few days of freedom in Yakima, Washington? I,
5: I read it is the... Uh, don't, if it's anything positive,
0: it's a lie. I don't even know what you're the, about to say. The
5: Palm Springs of Washington, that's a lie. according to the side. No,
0: no, that's, see, that's what I'm talking about when I say it's a lie. That's not true. I almost took it a job...
5: The Death Valley of the Twin Cities. I almost,
0: oh, I almost took a. Well, see, when you are growing up at, when you're growing up in the Tri Cities, Washington, which is Kennewick and Pasco and Richland, you dream of getting a job in Yakima. That
5: it? is the Paris. <laughs> that <of> that is,
0: <laughs> you. That's so
5: glamorous. You
0: you uh, you stay at home and you nourish your hopes and aspirations of taking a job in Yakima, in the Yakima Valley, at a radio station. I don't even know if it's still there, but the radio station that you, that we all wanted to work at because it kicked ass was uh, KATS. And it was Cats FM in Yakima which was a rock and roll radio station and so the whole goal was to try to get the morning show at Cats which uh, which never happened for me by the way I um, I think at one point I tried to get the morning show gig and then at another point I think they offered me like a, like an overnight weekend position or something there at KETS, and I just said no. I uh, I think I'll pass on that.
4: You passed on something in radio that seems strange.
0: Well, because I think I had a gig in Spokane or something. And Spokane was a much Spokane's a much more of a thriving metropolis than the than Yakima. All right.
5: So this chainsaw guy admitted to uh, cutting up the body
0: with a chainsaw and burying it in Puyallup. So wait, let me understand. So the so we have a guy who robs a liquor store in Ellensburg and he's hiding it in an Yakima, uh-huh. and this guy chainsaws somebody up in Tacoma, and hides the body in Puyallup. Uh-huh. It's just like a world tour of sadness and desperation and uh, armpit stink. Thank goodness for Washington State. There what we like, do without them? Well, you know what it is? Is the places like Puyallup need to exist so that we always have something that will make us feel better about ourselves. Because, you know, Puyallup is where that... Uh, Puyallup is not too far, I believe, from... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Kenneth Pinion? The Enumclaw guy? Oh, yeah. The guy who got pin... I was going to say he got pinioned, but... Uh, the man who was having relations with a, uh, oh. with the horse, mm. and then there was some perforating and some hey hey, what are my intestines doing on the ground and then oh, oh I'm dead, that was from.
5: Was that after his wife left him?
0: No, I don't believe he was. Uh, I don't believe there he was, was the married. <laughs> I don't believe there was Mrs. Pinion. That's just a call it a hunch. All right, more from Tim Riley, straight ahead. This is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. It is Monday morning, and good morning to you. It is uh, 503-733-2970, or you can email. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Coming up this hour, Cena, Pardon me. <laughs>
4: Stop it. Sorry.
0: CNN a radio correspondent uh, Steve Kastemann will be joining us from New York City. Later on, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will be talking to Nathan Fillion, who is on uh, Lost, or was on Lost, by the way, Sarah, which I wasn't aware of. Uh, but he played uh, Kate's ex-husband, Kevin, uh, on Lost, in addition to being uh, in, like, everything, every, everywhere. Because he's on Firefly and Serenity and Buffy, and he's in Halo 3, and he was in that movie Waitress that came out uh, in 2007. And he was on uh, One Life to Live, and he's been on Desperate Housewives and... Anyway, so but and I'm going to try my best not to uh, act like a big nerd. And when he gets on later on, mm-hmm. uh, we'll also have today's top five—the top five songs that sound just like "Smells Like Teen Spirit." By the way, before I do anything else, I just want to uh, like, quote yeah, something—a
4: little sticky note. This
0: is just something that Chris Paddock said. It was either Friday or Saturday, I think. From the color of this post, it must have been while we were here at work. Do you
5: carry those <laughs> around with you?
0: I don't actually. Uh, I usually, ca- you know, I carry my BlackBerry with me, and if somebody says something amusing, or if there's something that I, I feel we got to talk about, I jot it down and I send it to myself. Mm. Like, for example, do you want to know? Here's a thing that I wrote down. I sent myself this note. This would have been uh, Saturday afternoon around 1.30. Because Saturday was... I typically don't do anything on the weekends. I don't even leave the house if I can avoid it. But I had to leave the house multiple times. So it's like I'm pretty much covered for the next uh, few weekends. So Saturday, uh, Laura and I at around 4 o'clock. There's a friend of hers, the woman she with, who had like her 15th kid or whatever. And there's... It's sort of like I'm, I don't want to compare it to Awake, but it's that thing where like you take over a lot of food because you realize that there's just going to be no sleeping, no rest. There's no time to do anything but just sit and just weep to yourself in that house. Mm-hmm. So all the like the other women at work sort of got together and they wanted to take over just a huge, just a uh, a surplus of foods. So Laura and I decided everybody else is taking over kind of main courses and entrees. So we wanted to make some desserts. So I lobbied hard for cookies because then that allows me to keep about a dozen of them at the home where I can ingest them and, all.
5: And, and nobody knows, knows that if you were missing.
0: That, see, that's the thing. No, you, you, you can borrow you, them on numerous occasions exactly. without arousing suspicion. That's exactly the deal. You see you that's you. why there are cookies. You've hit it on the head. Cookies are a great food because you can steal from the cookie supply and nobody knows unless they were there when the cookies were made. God bless uh, you, Tim Riley. See? And oh, I, would... I know the way you think. <laughs> well, and cookies are kind of my they're my kryptonite anyway. But so much the better if I can just sort of uh, you know it's like a like a two for you, one for me yeah, kind of a thing. So we're there cranking out all these chocolate chip cookies uh, on Saturday afternoon, and I wrote this question down to myself. First of all, can we just? I don't know that I can necessarily speak for Tim on this, but I think I can speak for most people when I say, what is the best part of making cookies, Sarah Dillon?
4: Uh, eating the batter.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Tim, is that yeah. a thing, that, uh, mm-hmm. an activity in which you engage? I do. Now, I wouldn't think you would do that, first of all, because you're a vegan. Well, is this like if make, you're making vegan cookies? I make vegan desserts. All right, so if you're making vegan desserts. So, Tim, even vegans enjoy chocolate chip cookie dough or yes. whatever. All right.
5: And you want to be thrifty and not waste anything these days.
0: All right, so I wrote this down at 1.32 on Saturday while we were sort of knee-deep in the cookie-making process. Lara's mom would never allow her to eat cookie dough. Does anybody know why?
4: My mom wouldn't let me
0: because Because of
4: the eggs, the raw eggs.
0: Right. And her whole thing is like, you could be getting salmonella from the raw eggs. And then I started thinking to myself, well, that can't possibly be true because otherwise they would just, we'd all be dead because everybody, I mean, unless you were Sarah or Lara, apparently growing up, everybody, I mean, eating cookie dough is just one of those things. It's just part of the Western cultural imperative. So it seems to me like there's one of two things can be the case. Either a, the salmonella threat from eggs is just wildly overstated and it's really not dangerous at all. Or B. We're missing about thirty percent of the kids who ought to be alive today. (laughs) They were all just felled by by eating chocolate chip cookie dough or cookie batter of some kind. So it doesn't seem like both of those things can be true, because if you think think if the salmonella risk from raw eggs was really uh, all that big, like parents wouldn't allow us to do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if I'm wondering if that's a thing that is just that's not really all that dangerous. If it's one of those risks that is. Somehow, vastly overstated.
4: That's true because don't people eat raw eggs, like like Richie or something? Don't they eat them for protein? Yeah, Just like crack if you're them and then like eat them.
0: Yeah, eat them. if you're gonna a guy who's working out, like I think that's a, that's part of a weight training regimen. Sometimes I remember is people eating used raw, to put eggs. them in
4: their beer that's, and drink
0: it. You know, uh, you know who did that was my older brother. Uh, my older brother Wayne would do that. He'd get up in the morning. That was his breakfast. He'd get up and he would pour himself a beer and <laughs> egg right into the beer. Whole thing right down the you gullet. Eat beer for breakfast? Yeah. Well, it was. It's like a beer McMuffin. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, so anyway, so that's the sort of thing I write down to myself. I also wrote down this. Chris Paddock says, well, to appreciate that girl, you really got to put on your meth goggles, (laughs) which (laughs) which is fantastic. Speaking of beer, I'd never heard the variation meth goggles before. I don't even know who he was saying that about.
5: It could be any number of people.
0: (laughs) Probably.
4: You don't remember who he was talking about?
0: I don't actually. I was so busy trying to find a a, a, a post-it note so I could write down the phrase meth goggles that I never actually bothered to register about whom the statement was being made. So apparently there's somebody in our immediate vicinity that can only be appreciated when you're wearing, quote, your meth goggles. So that's uh, Chris Paddock. This is uh, Tim Riley, who's working on the following headlines on this Monday morning. Nine escape monkeys
5: are caught after a brief period of freedom on the west side. And Bristol Palin's ex, well, he said he don't like her very much anymore.
6: Most time, I don't know what, what's going on with her, but she's usually in a pretty bad mood. She's short. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't seem, she doesn't
0: want me Squishy. around, I don't think. Saggy, unlikable.
5: A four-year-old boy calls nine one one, requesting help with his homework. He's four years old. Five hundred thousand-dollar homes are now selling for two hundred thousand. And a woman mistakenly uh, mistakenly glues her eyes
0: shut. Ugh. Let's just do that story now, Tim. Yeah. Let's plunge uh, headlong into the eye gluing story, so that uh, we can all share the horror together. And then let's try to repeat it multiple times over the uh, over the right, remaining so yeah, two hours. and I'm guessing minutes. fake
4: eyelashes because I've always had a fear because I've worn fake eyelashes once before. You have to use the glue.
0: What do you mean when you say fake eyelashes? I mean, I know what, they, what do you mean. I understand what fake eyelashes are, but when you say you're guessing fake eyelashes, that's
4: why how she accidentally glued her eyes together.
0: How would that happen?
4: Because you put um, like eyelash glue on your eyes, and maybe she put too much on, and then oh, you don't make... put
0: it on the lash.
4: Mm-mm. Well, oh. you can, but you put it, like right along the base of your lashes.
0: How long do you have to adjust those before the glue just solidifies?
4: I don't know. I've only worn them once, Is that and it thing? was when it j- dressed as Jan Crouch, that crazy Bible yes. Belt lady.
0: So it's not a thing that you don't, so I wonder if that's I'm just, a, like,
4: I, they scare me because, um, I'm afraid I'm going to rip out my actual eyelashes.
0: <laughs> well, that was going to be my next question is how do you get that off? Because it's not like, it doesn't seem like it's regular makeup where you can just, you know, you take the, uh, the sponge or whatever to it. I mean, if, if the glue is sealed between the eyelash and your actual eye, how is it then you, uh, that you remove them?
4: It isn't too strongly
0: adhesive. Oh, I see. So yeah. it's not like so it's not like super glue or something. Yeah, it's yeah. just there to hold it you know, for that one day or whatever. Mm-hmm. All
5: right. well, she had woken up and reached for a bottle of eye drops in the bathroom oh. cupboard. <laughs> but in her confused state, as women often are early in the morning, she grabbed an identical sized bottle of nail glue <laughs> yeah. that was right next to it. Oh. The glue is used by beauty professionals to fix false eyelashes and carries a toxic symbol and a warning that bonds skin within seconds. I was really tired. I couldn't see very well. I stumbled in the bathroom and picked the bottle off the shelf. As soon as I squeezed it, I knew something was
0: wrong. Oh you think? my
4: god! So this
0: was so she thought they were what eye drops? Uh-huh. Looks just like skinny and sweet Tim. Yes. And uh, so the drops go into the eye. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you probably both eyes or just one eye. I would imagine, Hopefully
4: she learned her lesson after one. Really?
0: If it's both eyes that I'm going to... Well,
4: imagine.
5: she says she hates people to think that I'm just going kind to of dumb blonde because I'm not. Isn't that nasty Actually, It could happen to anyone.
0: You would think that you would not store those things right next to no. each other. And, you would, and I would also think, by the way, that they would have, I don't know, sort of differently shaped bottles or whatever. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. how... It's like how, um, for example, like the... Anything that you use uh, as any piping that you use to transmit uh, that you know has gas, like if you have like a like a propane tank or if you have a fuel tank of any kind, the threads are opposite from like water pipes, so that you can't be inadvertently hooking up like I don't know natural gas or something to like to your uh, you know to your kitchen sink. You would think they do something with eye drops or. Any glue that is supposed to go right near your well, eye.
5: A container in the shape of a skull and crossbones. <laughs> exactly. Just, it. just, just. just find it, in the dark.
0: Well, it ought to be real distinct. Just shaped like a giant throwing star or something. So there's no confusing it for anything else. <laughs> or it just ought to, or, or the, like the, uh, or the bottle itself ought to actually cause you pain when you pick it up. It ought to be studded with tiny little metal jags. So if you have it in your hand, it's immediately causing you some sort of physical anguish. That's fantastic.
5: Well, we'll repeat that later. Because we want to beat that story to death. Wonderful. What else are we doing here?
0: Well, uh, let's do one more. We'll take a break. We'll get caught up with Steve Kastenbaumer on the corner.
5: Should I tell the monkey story? Yes, you should, Tim. This, this, are we able to do a monkey watch? Yes, we are. Ooh. We
0: can do anything we want, Tim. We are the law. Here is your monkey watch for Monday on The Rick Emerson Show.
7: <laughs>
5: Who can tell me where the Oregon National Primate Research Center is?
0: Oh, God, Were you actually asking us, like, yes, in, re- sincerely? No, I have no idea. It's in Hillsboro. Okay. I sort of assume everything is located up on the hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you just, like, when you heard the story over the weekend, But by the way, I do want to thank the, like, thousand and one people who sent me emails about this or texts mm-hmm. because it was, I don't know, maybe around, maybe around four or five o'clock or something on Saturday because it must have been on the news. That's the thing. They must okay. It must have hit uh, the local television because... I went from having no messages about it to having them just flood my phone, and they all said things like, "I, I should have—I deleted them all, but I should have kept them." The one from Aaron just said, uh, "From Aaron Durant, just said, the end times are at hand. Monkeys are rampaging. Run <clears throat> for the hills." And then I think it was, um, it was like Court or somebody who was me another one. It's like Court from uh, uh the Court and Fat Boy. Mm-hmm. His messages, you know, they're coming for us now. Seek higher ground. Monkeys are upon us, and I just figure that they always come from some place up on the hill which is, in my mind's eye, just sort of a nefarious place filled with all kinds of evil laboratories and experiments.
5: Well, the last of nine macaque monkeys that escaped their cage at the Hillsborough Research Center two days ago were captured yesterday, reportedly healthy and unhurt. The monkey, uh, the final monkey, was caught on the property of OHSU's Oregon National Primate Research Center in Hillsborough. Hillsborough police helped OHSU animal caretakers find the animals around 2 o'clock, the nine juvenile male macaques escaped their uh, group cage Friday, when an animal caretaker failed to lock the cage door during a routine cleaning. Four of the animals who were captured immediately, though the rest were caught over the weekend. They're part of the primate's uh, breeding colony. OHSU officials said the animals are not involved in health research. Mm-hmm. They're investigating the cause, t- uh, well, obviously, because the lock was gone and the monkeys let themselves out. The monkeys pose a little danger.
0: They always say that, but that's how you can know that something poses a vast and dangerous threat eat three to the faces. public. Yeah, seriously, they every time they say the public was in no danger at any time, uh, that is in fact because the public was in grave danger at all times during said incident.
5: Threatened monkeys, however, will bite, as yes. we know. Yes, they will, and too. their saliva could contain a virus, so avoid kissing them.
0: I do not wish to be filled with monkey saliva. Don't kiss the monkey. Don't kiss the monkey. Okay, Steve, thank you. There's your uh, monkey watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Show. Still ahead, CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastamem. Later on, Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian and actor Nathan Fillion. The Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Show chilling rock 101 KUFO it is Monday morning alongside Sarahx Dylan Tim Riley we are uh here in downtown Portland Oregon bringing you genius with every passing moment isn't that right Tim
5: yes it never it never stops
0: It is never ending. You really sold that. Well done. Uh, Coming up later on today's top five, top five songs that sound just like, smells like teen spirit. Also, Christy Turnquist from The Oregonian will be in the studio to talk about weekend box office. And we will talk to Ather, Ather, actor and object of geek adoration, uh, Nathan Fillion. He will be here. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. How are you today?
2: Oh, I get all the uplifting stories,
0: don't I? I was just going to say, you know, you know, as soon as the words out of my uh, were out of my mouth, I realized that it's another one of those uh, days where sort of it, the confluence of of all the bad news seems to have uh, seems to have come your way over the last few days. We'll just talk very briefly about this although I know a lot of the a lot of this a lot of the initial reports about this um this shooting at this immigration center uh you know, the first sort of flurry of news reports kind of got a lot of the stuff that is publicly known and some of the other stuff won't be known for for a long time but was this i mean had this guy given any indication that he was sort of you know that he was kind of heading heading for a breakdown like this
2: well uh, the police commissioner in uh, the police chief in binghamton wouldn't elaborate on some remarks that he said uh, over the weekend uh, but he said that his actions weren't a surprise to some people. And, and, you know, he dropped that bomb and then didn't, didn't elaborate on it. He wouldn't go into further, into further details of what he meant by that, which I thought was really interesting. Hopefully he'll say something more later. But Jiverly Wong apparently uh, just lost his job recently at a vacuum company, and he felt that uh, people uh, were looking down on him, degraded him, because uh, he didn't speak English well, made fun of him. And, and this was absolutely premeditated. He, he had on body armor when he went into this uh, the American Civic Association, this place that offered classes to immigrants. He barricaded the back door with a car so nobody could get out and uh, it was absolutely premeditated. Went in with a bag of ammunition around his neck and two handguns.
0: Yeah, the weirdest thing, I mean, first of all, you, you, this is a guy is some sort of master criminal. I mean, he, as you said, he was a guy who worked in a vacuum cleaner plant or whatever. I wouldn't even know where you would get body armor. I mean, if you told me, like, by the end of the day, if it was some sort of uh, you know, felonious scavenger hunt, I had to find myself body armor by 5 o'clock this afternoon, I wouldn't even know where to begin to do that.
2: I don't, you know, that's a really good question. I, I guess, you know what I would do, I... But I have the benefit of working at CNN. I go to our security uh, specialist and say, "Hey, get me a get me a flak jacket, quick."
0: Yeah, no. See, and I, you just wonder if I, I mean, I, you in my mind's eye, it's like you're walking down the street and there's uh, some sort of you know there's a, a gentleman lurking in an alley who has the uh, you know has the overcoat that he opens up and it's filled with Rolexes on the inside, and then there's body armor on the other side. So that's sort of an interesting because I think actually isn't owning body armor a crime in and of itself? I mean, if you're just no, like some citizen, I don't think you're allowed to own that
2: in certain places it is i 'm not i 'm not really familiar with the laws but I'm, but i 'm looking online right now and you can you can definitely order this stuff so I guess you know if you 're maybe you 're a you know a CEO of a big company or or maybe you 're a made off guy you need a
0: is worked you work for AIG. It. just say yeah. just say aig um, and then of course, the other story that they have you talking about is this story that at least we were talking about this in the first hour it 's sort of indistinct whether or not North Korea actually launched anything because there was so much made about the fact that they had launched this. Uh, it was like a rocket. Or it was something that was, uh, you know, that it, was, it was either a satellite or it was not a satellite or it was some sort of a spy camera or not. And then the Obama administration said they actually couldn't even confirm that it had been launched. And so as of this morning, Tim and I were going back and forth about it, whether it was just like a press release they put out, hoping that we would all believe that they actually shot something into space.
2: It's wag the dog, isn't it? Yeah, wag the dog. Yeah, we don't really know. Everybody's telling us it went off, and and the North Koreans are, aren't saying too much and who do we believe right well,
0: but know? i mean don't we have satellites they always say this the american spy satellites can read a newspaper lying on the ground in manhattan from like 5 billion miles above the earth can't we tell if like north korea shot a rocket into space
2: yeah but the conspiracy theorists are already saying that this is a this is a conspiracy you know mm-hmm. i mean but yes we did we did apparently notice a launch from north korea it did not reach the orbital height that they wanted it to and apparently uh, somehow the second stage malfunctioned or something like that. Didn't broke away too soon. But uh, the U, uh, U.N. Security Council immediately held a, an emergency session on Sunday and after three hours produced nothing, not nada. They, they were at odds. China and Russia uh, were not in agreement with the U.S. and its Western allies. U.S. Ambassador Susan Rice had the following to
1: say. The United States expressed its strong view that the launch yesterday constituted a clear-cut violation of U.N. Security Council Resolution 1718, and it is our view that this action merits a clear uh, and strong response.
2: That resolution uh, came out in 2006, and it basically says that North Korea must halt uh, all nuclear tests and Missile test. Is
0: this going kind to of that uh, thing where they they going to knock it off, or else we're going to issue a strongly worded statement in their general direction? Exactly. They, North Korea seems a little bit to me. I mean, Kim Jong Il doesn't really seem like a guy who responds a lot, uh, you know, to subtlety or to hints. You know, <laughs> it's sort of like a you know, just kind of throwing the hairy eyeball uh, toward him. It isn't really going to do. Uh, isn't going to have the desired effect, at least in in my assessment.
2: Um, you ever seen a, You ever seen an interview with uh, somebody who's escaped North Korea and uh, defected or something, and they realize how different the world is outside of North Korea. They, they You know, they, they've been sold this one picture of, of the world and how, uh, you know, Kim Il is, is the father who provides everything for them. And then they get out of North Korea, and it's like a total shock to them.
0: And they realize he's a nutcase who hides in a basement somewhere with 8,000 bottles of vodka and a billion porn DVDs or whatever it is, that story that came out. They said that he has not one, not two, but actually numerous sort of catacomb-like bomb shelters that are buried you know, like half a mile or something beneath the surface of the earth, where he just hides out with endless bottles of booze and porn tapes. I guess that's, uh, I guess that's how you pass your time uh, if you're Kim Jong Il.
2: I guess all despots do that. Didn't uh, Saddam Hussein's uh, son Uday?
0: And I think it, that's right. Uday and Use was the other. I forgot about that. It was just like it was like one big pornateria. I think Idi Amin was the same way. Also, a refrigerator full of heads. But that's that's less pleasant. Um, <laughs> hey, do you have the? Did you see this thing real quickly in the in the New York Post about Keith Urban? No, I didn't. So, country singer Keith Urban, Tim Riley was showing me the story. I yeah, guess he was...
5: ...outside Webster Hall with his tour bus on East 11th Street at
0: 3 a.m. So, that I happened. guess the deal was that the tour bus, what is the phrase they used, Tim? It dumped, did they actually say sewage? Uh, it emptied the vehicle's septic tank outside the club. There was <laughs> 150
5: square feet of gunk, a half inch thick outside the main entrance. It was a literal boop show. Oh, that's Roads. Uh, the staff sprinkled the fall remains with anti-odor powder and waited for it to dry before bagging it up. Imagine, <laughs> imagine to it take to a-, to a dumping ground in New Jersey.
0: <laughs> of course, why wow. dump it in New York if you can take it over to Brunswick?
2: Yeah. You know, if it was raining, that would all wind up in the Hudson River. You know, the overflow from Jesus. our storm drains. First of all, I like well, that's the fact so
0: special. They didn't want it to end up. No, in it's urban. Keith Urban gunk. This yeah. isn't just any gunk, uh, Steve. You know, the, I like the idea that a, it's called gunk, that that actually is a sort of scientific designation, a
5: half an inch thick. B, that it's half an inch outside thick outside the main entrance,
0: and that they sprinkled it with an anti. Is that like that pink stuff that they would dump on vomit whenever you some kid would lose his lunch during a during third period in school or whatever? That's a mysterious substance the hell it is like every school has that and it's like pink sawdust or something that they would bring in you know what I'm talking about in school when some oh, kid yeah. would hurl and they would just steve did you have the pink sawdust in your school that they would put on the uh
2: <laughs> no <laughs> i went to the new york city public school system i don't think they could afford the pink stuff
0: <laughs> they just, all they just had dirt they just yeah. uh, it's all they had just dirt and sand so no. and then that they, they haul the uh, the keith urban gunk to new jersey for disposal that's fantastic
2: i'm surprised like his fans weren't scooping it up
0: Yes, me too, Steve. All right. <laughs> On that note, I bid you a uh, a fond uh, farewell for today. We will talk to you in the immediate future, sir. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. It's 150 uh, square feet of gunk, by the way. It's 503 Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on this Monday morning.
5: Nine escape monkeys are caught after a brief period of freedom on the West Side. Bristol Palin's ex says, most of the time, I don't know what's wrong with her. Jeff Beck Metallica and Ren DMC among the inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
0: Fantastic. Straight ahead, we will have excerpts from I finally got a copy of the Johnny and Me book, The True Story of John Wayne Gacy by what's his name? That Barry Bushelli guy that oh, we I've had been on? i
4: reading that all weekend. Oh,
0: it's fantastic. It's, uh, it really is something. So we'll have some excerpts from this. News with Tim Riley later on. Actor Nathan Fillion uh, will join us on the program. And Christy Turnquist from the Oregonians. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming along. It is Monday morning. It's 503-733-2970. Still to come today, we're going to be uh, giving away a pair of tickets to the uh, uh music tour, which is coming to the Roseland, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Jägermeister music tour featuring Pepper and Pennywise, April 14th. Uh, also a Pennywise skate deck and uh, qualification for the grand prize, uh, which is a custom Jaegermeister guitar, that machine amplifier, HD radio, and more. Are Must you going to go to that 20 show? One and over. Uh, when is it? April something or other? It's during the week but i
4: think it'll probably be earlier
0: is that is that how you have to uh that's how
4: i justify it in my mind no i'm not gonna pennywise puts on a great uh, live show you have to
0: pitch everything to me now is it being early because i'm old and lame
4: no i have to pitch it to myself because we're both old and lame and have to get up (laughs) you know at the brick of down yeah but that doesn't
0: stop you sarah you're able to play through the pain much better than i can
4: oh no i can't no when i went to the bronx the other night i was in i went to bed by like eleven o'clock, and I was still really tired.
0: I actually on so Saturday, I was sort of I got sidetracked talking about the business of the raw eggs and the cookie dough and whether or not it's going to lay waste to us all. But on Saturday, we did that where we kind of had this. Uh, Lauren, I made you know this food at home, and then we dropped it off uh, this this woman's house that she works with. Then I stopped by Fantasy to see the breed Breedlove thing. Then we went back home. We had dinner, and I went to the Baghdad Theater Saturday night at ten o'clock to see the big screen showing of Creep Show, which I'd never seen on the uh, I'd never seen in the theater. I mean, that was one of those movies that I rented, I think compulsively when I was a teenager. It was always just that and Trading Places for some reason, because it wasn't out on you know it wasn't out on DVD obviously, and so you and you couldn't get like the the pre, people don't, the, the, don't remember this. People don't remember that in the early days of VHS that if you wanted to buy a copy of like Die Hard or something on home you know on on a video cassette that it was like $89. I mean, when you think of it you go to the store and there's a Walmart will sell you a DVD for like 4 bucks. The idea that you were paying 90 bucks a throw for a movie on VHS was just insane, but that's how you did it because there was no it's because like the pre uh, the pre-watched the, the previously viewed VHS revolution is not had not yet taken place. And so you were just Required to sort of rent things over and over and over again, or else you would do that uh, jazz where you're renting two VCRs, or maybe renting a second VCR if you already owned one, and then making a bad copy of the movie. And so then you would just sit there and watch like this terrible ninth-generation duplication of the film. So my friends and I would just watch Creepshow uh, relentlessly, and the chance to see it uh, in the theater was you know kind of kind of unmissable. So I go and I met up with uh, Chris Paddock on Saturday. And the movie is advertised as starting at 10. In fact, I double checked when we left. It actually said on the marquee outside, Creep Show, 10 p.m. So I show up at like 9:50, and of course it doesn't start at 10 p.m. From I don't know how long this movie had been going, but Patrick and I go in and we sit down and we're like, well, there's nobody here. That's sort of strange. There's like four people in the theater, and they're playing a made for German TV version, uh, a made for TV uh uh like documentary about Iggy Pop. And so it's all It's all, like, in English, but with German subtitles, except for the narration, which is solely in German. So, really, the only thing you can understand are the small interview segments and then, like, the sort of shrieking wail that is Iggy Pop's live performance. And we're looking at it other, going, why are... Are we are we asleep? Is it my hallucinating this? So I'm sitting there in the Baghdad, me, and Chris Paddock, four other people, and a German television program on the screen featuring Iggy Pop smearing himself in peanut butter. And I'm sort of looking at my watch and thinking, like, if I, if I, am I in some sort of an odd uh, surrealist play? Where have I gone to? And then it turns out the creep show for whatever reason just bumped till eleven o'clock. So the Iggy Pop thing goes from ten to ten thirty, and then from ten thirty to eleven, it was. Another German television program. This one all about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, your favorite band ever! Ni- and it was, but it was from 1983. It was like before they even had any kind of mainstream success. And Anthony Kiedis is wearing a kilt made out of an American flag and like a like a tiger hat. And then Flea is just is just wearing like Budweiser beer shorts, and I'm just it was like 25 minutes of that before the creep show, uh, you know, the, the film actually even started. So it's just the weirdest uh, Saturday night, and of course added to the fact is you know that I've been up since 3 a.m. or whatever, um, you know, because I'm trying to kind of maintain the same schedule even on the weekend so I don't get completely uh, just trashed. It's just the strangest uh, series of events. All right, at the news desk, this is Tim Riley. <laughs>
2: In the News with Tim Riley.
5: Speaking of Flea, the Flea comments on the Music Awards ceremony the other night, why heavy metal music is good for the kids.
6: When I hear Metallica, I get this feeling that they are doing something that they have to do. Like there is this thing in them wound up so tight that they have to let it out, let that thing uncoil, it has to be released. An infinite well of sadness, a hell of a lot of pain and anger, but mostly a lot of love for the process that they have created for releasing this stuff. It is always really absurd to me when I hear people speak of heavy music, angry, aggressive music, as being negative or healthy for children, so on, blah, blah, blah. Firstly, the playing of ferocious music is the healthiest release of anger for the performer of it. It is alchemy, it is a metamorphosis, it is turning something potentially destructive and a source of misery into something beautiful.
0: No one cares. Something
6: rocking and something uplifting
4: for the band and for the audience.
0: God,
4: he just goes on and Seriously. on. Seriously, I stopped
0: it, it. No, thank,
7: thank you. you. <laughs> <like> four
0: hours <laughs> left. Was he now? Was he inducting him? Who actually inducted Metallica into the Rock Hall? Was it the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Do I we think know? It was. All right. So
5: there we have this uh, four-year-old calling 911 to ask for help with his math
6: homework. 911
3: yeah, I need some help. What's the matter? What? With my math.
2: was your mouth?
6: No, it was my math. I have to do it. Will what? you help me? Sure.
3: Where
6: do you live? No, it's my math.
3: Yeah, I know it. Where do you live though?
6: No, I want you to talk to me on the phone.
3: <clears throat> no, I can't do that. I can send someone else to help you. Okay. Um What kind of mask do you have that you need help with?
6: I have I have takeaways.
3: Oh, you gotta do the takeaways?
6: Yeah.
3: Alright, what's the problem?
6: Um, you have to help me with my
3: math. Okay.
6: Tell me what the math is. Okay, sixteen. Yeah. Take away eight. Uh
3: huh.
6: Is what? The guy
3: sounds hey, like a speaking spell. Mm-hmm.
6: I don't know one.
3: No. How old are you? I'm only four.
0: Wow. So, yeah, uh, the reason 752 uh, why I do not have children because I would be that parent, right? You turn your back for 1 second and the kid you know is having trouble getting a stain off the dog and so he decides to call 911 about it. The other thing about 911 is that if they have any sort of confusion or any sort of issue with what's going on in the call, like if they have any reason to believe that any anything is going wrong, they will send everybody to your house and then if nothing is happening, you get back billed for it. Uh when I was I don't know, maybe um I don't know, 18, 19 or something. I was at the, I was at my girlfriend's place, and it was like something. I was trying to do something in the morning. It was like, I was like reaching for the alarm clock, or I don't know. I was trying to – maybe the phone rang or whatever, but it's like you're doing that thing of the, the – not unlike the woman who jammed a bunch of glue into her eyes thinking that she was uh, reaching for eye drops. Where I was doing something with the alarm clock or the phone, and she had – It was one of those phones that came with the three buttons at the bottom that were a preset for, like, fire department, poison control, and the the cops or whatever. And I hit the 911 button while I was trying to hit snooze on the alarm clock. No No idea. Had no realization that I'd done it until about seven minutes later when there's the, you know, at the door. And we're like, you know, and no idea who it was. And I open the door, and there's all the paramedic guys, clearly who have just run up the 17 flights of stairs or whatever to get into her apartment building. And I think she ended up not having to pay it, um, th- but they did at one point threaten to bill her for the cost of sending everybody to her house. So uh, maybe uh, be careful about the letting your children near the phone when they're four.
5: Now, speaking of children, I happened to be at the Olive Garden dining over the weekend. <laughs> of course you did. At the table next to me, th- there, there are the parents bel- belching and screaming at the top of your, their lungs, Get away from me with those
0: filthy hands. <laughs> 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 and I had I hadn't even ordered yet. That's fantastic. Uh, so this we, we, were these the parents own kids? Yes. So the parents were actually we'll take ordering at the Olive Garden. Are <laughs> actually... you
5: supposed to behave? Acting a suburban nature, you can tell they weren't from there. They oh were from.
0: What, what what sort of a place did it appear that they were from, Tim? Okay. A place of uh, lesser stature on the public scale? I believe so, yes. I like the idea, by the way, that the parents are telling their own kids to, quote, stay away from me with those filthy, filthy hands. hands. Isn't that their, their responsibility? Right it's the yeah, as, though it's like, as though it's not somehow on the parents to make sure that their children have been given the appropriate scrubbing before they go outside. I've
5: never eaten faster in my life by <laughs> talking <laughs>
0: I wonder if the kids had clean hands when they left the house, and then some unpleasantness happened uh, either before they arrived at the restaurant or during their sojourn there. I
5: wasn't about to glance over
0: and look. <laughs> you didn't want to just—you didn't want to figure out what the nature of the, uh, of the dirt no, was I didn't, on the hands? No, I didn't you, didn't want to, you didn't want to try to uh, explicate the nature of the filth? So,
5: thanks to you people for ruining my experience at the Olive Gardens.
0: Well, it's what people do. It's him. They ruin things.
5: Uh, hey, no, more jobs to Portland. 1,500. They need 1,500 people to dig a deep hole. This is a one, uh, $138 million reservoir project. It's uh, going to take three years to build. It'll start this summer on the Powell Butte Reservoir. The new $50 million reservoir will be uh, next to a $50 million underground reservoir that was built in 1979. So we need more water and more people to dig deep holes. And here's the, the jobs of tomorrow. And this is okay. where? This is in Here. Portland. Here.
0: Is there a How shortage we, of is there a shortage of reservoirs? Yes, we've had this discussion before. Where I don't even really know what those things do.
5: It, it's a deep hole that holds the water you drink. No, I
0: I understand that, and, and, it's and a sort
5: people of... always get caught swimming or <laughs> you know uh, excreting bodily functions into it
0: because they they just can't resist doing <laughs> well, it. Well, because, that's what it, that's what it's, because it's just fun, Tim. Um, Before they go to the Olive Garden. Wasn't that in my neighborhood where they found the homeless guy floating in it? Wasn't it oh, in yeah. the Mount Tabor Reservoir and they found Well, they're uh, so
4: big and open, too. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I'm not surprised that more people don't get in it. Well, it's just... Everybody, jump in.
0: Why don't they put a lid on those things?
5: They they thought about it, but it would cost the taxpayers too much money.
0: But, I mean, doesn't that seem like money worth spending? I mean, call I me crazy, so. but, I mean, I don't mean to speak out of turn here. But it's like, you, it's like you don't have a water cooler at the office that's just a big bucket like with a spigot at the bottom of it. You know what I mean? Like, why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense at all. It seems like if you're going to have, um you know, uh, the rest of your drinking water in a place that is maybe, oh, I don't know, closed off so that birds can't uh, relieve themselves into it. Maybe you ought to consider doing that at the reservoir that holds all of the city's drinking water. I, I'm i just speculating, but it seems like that might be advisable. All right. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk.
5: So uh, two rock climbers have been killed after they fell in the gorge climbing or This happened at Horsley Butte. They fell uh, 35 feet from the top of a rock. It's not known what caused their fall. But those areas are dangerous. We've seen pictures of those things with a, with a long drop, yeah. one wrong step. It's like you know some tragedy out of like, Little House on the Prairie. So you have to be careful if you're climbing there. The uh, woman's husband, who is also the brother of the man who died, was also at the climbing area, but he wasn't injured. Then we have, uh, we told you about this story from Washington State earlier about the guy that went for Zurich after his wife was having an affair with somebody at a convenience store. He uh, followed her, caught her at the convenience store. Then he goes home and uh, kills his five kids. They were living in some trailer park, of course. And this was uh, right outside of Tacoma. This was
6: not a tragedy. This was a rotten murder.
5: Too often we call these things tragedies. What happened was five
2: innocent kids lost their lives.
0: Yeah, ending up as a cop at Tacoma is just drawing the shortest of straws. I mean, it really is. That, that you've just you've lost some you sort can't of. Can't help anybody. Right? No, nobody in Tacoma can be helped in any way, Tim. That's uh, the only thing that really is going to help that city is just one big power hosing, just a just a good a good scrubbing, and just to start start over from scratch. Here's Tim Riley at the uh, CBS Radio News Desk.
5: Well, you're probably wondering what Miley Cyrus is up to today. More than anything, she says she differs from her character in Hannah Montana
7: because she doesn't let her career overcome her. This is so much more than a job to me. It really is my life. But she's it's turning not into Linda everything Lavin. Everything I eat, sleep, and breathe. I love it. And when I'm working, it's the best thing ever. And music is my number one passion. I love making movies, but you can't let it completely control you because otherwise you're just a puppet on strings and you become something that you don't have any of that reality anymore.
0: It's like they're paying her in cartons of parliaments. <laughs> she,
5: she wants everyone to know that she is a real person with real feelings. I thing I
0: have about feelings.
7: Feeling with all the different things that I do go through <laughs> with paparazzi and stuff is just people remembering that you are a real person. I feel like people forget uh-huh. that sometimes and forget Don't privacy forget. and respect and it's important for you to you know remember that I am a real person and have feelings and all that crazy stuff. I just think this movie feelings and everything is, an is really prove Are you that kidding to me?
0: Jesus, what is she going to sound like when she's twenty-five? <laughs> I mean, really, she's got feelings and all that crazy stuff. Uh, By the time she hits uh, 30, she's going to sound like James Earl Jones. Mm -hmm. Good God almighty. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Miley Cyrus.
5: A uh, 45-year-old hiker was buried by an avalanche at Brighton Ski Resort in Salt Lake City when a slab of snow cracked above the uh, Millicent Bowl, I guess it's called. The Millicent Bowl, Eric Railsback slid the length of a football field down the narrow rocky ravine. Salt Lake City Sheriff's Lieutenant Don Hudson says... Railsberg was buried up to his chest in snow and was able to shovel himself out. That's pretty miraculous.
0: It appears the avalanche was about 10 feet deep and about 50 feet wide, and the slide actually went about 300 feet. Uh, Luckily, he just twisted his knee, and he was able to dig himself out with his shovel. Is that a cop just now? Yes, it is. Was he being interviewed at a 7-Eleven? Sounds like it. Play that back if you would. Play that back? That sounds like a... That sounds very much as though he's being interviewed. It appears uh, the avalanche was about 10 feet deep and about 50 feet wide, In the slide that's actually went that's about 300 feet. Isn't that it, Doesn't uh, it sound exactly he, like the
2: he, door he, ringer to he, a 7-Eleven? He was able to dig himself out with his shovel.
0: That, that... I don't know. I'm I'm undecided about that. I think he may have been obtaining uh, some sustenance at one of our finer 24-hour eateries, Tim. All right. Let's do uh, one more here. And around the corner, we will talk to uh, Nathan Fillion, who will be joining us, as well as Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian later on the top five songs that sound just like, smells like, teen spirit.
5: At the Six Flags in Texas, they're back up and running again after it suddenly lost all its electrical power over the weekend. The power stopped flowing around 3.30 p.m. local time but it's the most crowded. It took backup generators about an hour to repower the park. That meant many adventure singer- seekers were left hanging, literally in many cases, hanging upside down in mid-ride. Nobody was hurting the blackout. Park officials said it took them more than two hours to get those people right side Jesus. up again.
7: I wonder what
0: that does to your body. That can't be good to just be sitting there dangling for 120 minutes with everything sort of uh, upended in, in your body.
5: I would imagine it clears just about everything out, doesn't it?
0: From both ends. 150 uh, square feet of gunk, Tim. That'll clear you out ke- Keith like Urban Keith style. Urban <laughs> Take this to New Jersey. Get me some baggies. God. Imagine being the poor soul of that theater in New York had to go clean up Keith Urban's feces. I mean, that's just, that's just the scientific. These are just facts. We're just, we're just <laughs> relaying them as I they I didn't come know they in. were actually his... Well, I don't know that they actually... Some of oh, them okay. are yes, I don't good. know that you could pick it out of a lineup, but I mean... It was certainly from his tour, bus. I'm saying that's a... I'd say the odds are probably one in three. Let's never talk about this again. It's the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Straight ahead, Christy Turnquist in the Oregonian actor, Nathan Fillion. And later on, your chance of winning a pair of tickets to the Jägermeister Music Tour featuring uh, Pepper and Pennywise coming to the Rosam Theater. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Monday morning. Straight ahead, we will talk to actor Nathan Fillion. He'll be joining us uh, around 20 minutes after the hour. Uh, that is, what, about uh, 13 minutes from now. We'll talk about uh, Castle, which is his new television series. He was, of course, also in Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog and Firefly and Buffy and Halo 3 and Lost and basically every cool thing you've seen over the last uh, two years. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian will join us as well. We'll do today's top five, the top five songs that sound just like, smells like teen spirit. And we will give, be, uh, give away a pair of passes to the Jägermeister music tour uh, featuring Pennywise and Pepper, which is coming to the Rosalind April 14th. This, at the nose desk, is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley.
5: So we have plenty to tell you about. First of all, those nine escape monkeys have been caught after a brief period of freedom on the west side. They are. Uh They escaped from the monkey compound that OHSU uh, runs on the west side in Hillsborough. Who even knew it was there?
0: Here's the thing is I'm glad to hear that they actually escaped from a place near where they were found because the way that I was hearing the story this weekend, they had escaped from OHSU and were on the, like, in Beaverton, which was terrifying to me because then I was wondering, like, how are they lambing it all the way out to Beaverton from the hill? Which is, I mean, that was uniquely off-putting because I was picturing them sort of like Rutger Hauer and the Hitcher. You know, where you sort of pull over, and I don't know, there's somebody who wants to write, oh, God, it's a monkey! You know, and then the next thing you know, it's, you know, then they're, they're running amok.
5: Well, the thing was, they never told exactly where this compound
0: was until after they were captured.
5: So it got everyone wondering, is the monkey placed near me? I have no idea. <laughs> so everyone's looking over the monkey? monkey? Tim, monkey? I don't
0: want it in my backyard. I that's, know. Uh, that's the only thing I care about. Any little thing that moves, could it be a monkey? I, I was on the lookout all week. Well, and the fact that they haven't really publicly disclosed where the monkey compound is, doesn't that make you wonder exactly what sorts of things they're doing there? Yeah, uh, you're just picturing uh, one of those primates strapped down like 28 days later style and being injected with a rage virus.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, you never know, but the monkeys are safe and southern and out of them. Hopefully they won't escape again. From the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame party over the weekend, Aerosmith's Joe Perry, who presented Metallica with induction, said he's thrilled to plan a jam session at the end of the night and was proud of Metallica as well as all the inductees that got into the Hall of Fame.
3: Just got to play with a few of my f- uh, friends uh, tonight. Uh, I'm really proud of Metallica and uh, everybody
1: that got in.
5: Then there's Jeff Beck, who I think the writers somewhere are getting confused with the other Beck because they're not writing Jeff Beck in any of those. Co- they're just saying Beck, uh-huh. like it's the, the Beck that had one hit back in the '90s. I will say this: not the same Beck,
0: and just back on the uh, on the Joe Perry thing. So he was inducting Metallica, and there was just kind of some of this weirdness about whether. Jason Newstead, who was the, not the original bass player, but he was the, the, the longest serving bass player, he was the bass player through most of the band's salad days, as they say, through all of their kind of their, you know, through the 90s and the Black Album and whatever. Um, and then he left the band kind of acrimoniously, and it's all well, it's documented in that film, that some kind of monster, uh, movie. And he was replaced by, was it by Trujillo, uh, that guy, uh, it was Robert Trujillo, who replaced him, who I think was the guy from Suicidal Tendencies. Anyway, so I guess, what happened is they had both of them out there at the same time. There's been all this debate. Is it going to be Jason the or is it going to be, what's his name, Trujillo? And I think they both came out. And I know I'm Master of Puppets. They had the rest of the band and then two bass players going simultaneously, which is, which is sort of cool because you, I, there was a, that weirdness when Blondie got inducted where there was a lot of sort of weird, like, spatting between the various band members. And then, I don't know if anybody remembers this, but of course, all the guys in Creedence Clearwater Creed Revival, they all hate each other. And they hate each other to such an extent that when CCR got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, of course, the big, you know, the, the big thing that happens every year is the bands get inducted and then all the bands that have been put into the Hall of Fame that year go up and they do a set and then it ends in a big jam session. So you've got John Fogerty and then you've got like Stu Cook and Doug Clifford and whoever, the other guys from CCR uh, that are all getting ready to play. And they're all sitting out there in the crowd. And they're waiting to be called up on stage to perform as CCR. And they're thinking, all right, we're going to put years of rancor behind us. We've all had our difficulties, but now we're going to we're going to move past it as grown men. And we're going to get up there with, hey, wait a minute. What What seems to be, why is John Fogarty on stage? We're still in the crowd. And then John Fogarty, it was like John Fogarty and Bruce Springsteen and like a bunch of guys from Paul Schaefer's band that went up and played all the Creedence Clearwater revival songs. And meanwhile, Stu Cook and Doug Clifford are just sitting in the audience going, wait, we're over here. I... Hello, John Ah, crap. And we were just sitting out there in the audience watching the entire thing unfold. So for good or for bad, we were, uh, we were spared that uh, with Metallica. Let's do uh, one more here. Let's do we, a uh, snuff watch. Here's your snuff watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Radio Show. <laughs>
5: I was debating whether or not to do this one because I didn't know if Sarah X. Dylan is familiar with the television program. Eight is enough.
4: I know in, like, pop culture reference. See,
0: but... yeah, she's heard it referred to. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Yeah. So I. we're going to do it anyway. We were we were having this discussion today, the is this out of the demo discussion. Right. Tim's like, well, I don't know. Does Sarah know it is enough? Because you're, in, in some ways, you're you're kind of the benchmark for, uh, because Tim and I have different cutoff points for things with which we're familiar. Mm-hmm. And I, I guessed that you had heard it referenced and that you sort of knew of it, even if you weren't, like, you know, a big fan. That even, is like, exactly Didn't it. know the box set or anything. <laughs> All right.
5: So this was a television program that was on. Late 70s, I believe.
0: Yeah, I would say 77 uh, to like maybe 82.
5: Mm-hmm. And it started Dick Van Patten. Had Willie Ames on it. We talked about Willie Ames the other day. He okay. was one of the eight siblings. And it
0: had that weird daughter that was like... Oh. She was hot, but she was all mannish and seemed like she was about 50.
5: Oh, yeah. The butch woman.
0: Uh, You know, and it would be like, hey, come in and clean your room. Okay, Dad. And she had this Miley Cyrus thing where she had this... <laughs> you know exactly who I'm talking yes. about. What was I the deal with that you know, daughter? Brady? Was that her name? Yeah. Was she uh, Was she the one that was a junkie?
5: I believe so, yes. All right. Good for her. Uh-huh. Well, anyway... This was about real people. And the person who wrote the original It Is Is Enough script, Tom Braden, he was a newspaper columnist. He wrote the book in 1975 entitled It Is Is Enough. It inspired the television series. He sold them the rights really cheap for like a, a thousand bucks or so. Anyway, he died over the weekend. He was uh, 92 of natural causes, they say, although he used to be in the CIA.
0: <laughs> oh, so it's automatically suspect.
5: And it's interesting, all these popular people on the obituaries you never thought of before, and they tell you after they die they're in the CIA, and he was too. Julia Child was, remember that? They told us that. Anyway, he was an officer who also created the CNN program Crossfire, and then he went on to buy a newspaper after, you see if you're in the CIA, you get all the breaks. Also, you get to marry the woman who's an aide to Nelson Rockefeller. Well, the guy, was the the aide Is Enough guy, guy
0: created Crossfire? Yeah. I, you know, there's times I understand almost he, he, nothing about he this joined culture.
5: Joined the CIA in 1950s and uh, was engaged in uh, communist influence. <laughs>
0: okay, I have, I have so much more to say about this, but
5: um, we then have. He got a loan from Nelson Rockefeller in 1954 and bought a newspaper in Oceanside, California, <laughs> that he ran for a decade, and then he wrote the book. It Is enough.
0: God then Almighty. Returns
5: to Washington. His wife goes to work for the State Department and entertain many political figures as one might. Think he also created a local television uh, and radio show called Confrontation.
0: All right, well let's let's put a pin in that for now because and he's a good I, friend
5: of Pap. You can <laughs> I got like
0: nine hundred more eight is enough observations that won't all fit in here because we got Nathan Fillion uh, just to us. Stay there. The back. Rick Emerson Show continues next. Don't go anywhere.
1: This is Rock One Hundred and One KUFO.
0: It's the Rick Emerson Show. It is Rock One Hundred and One KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Monday morning, ladies and gentle persons. 503 Still to come, uh, we have a uh, pop culture writer for the Oregonian, Christy Turnquist will be uh, joining us here in the studio. Also, today's top five. Uh, it is, uh, what, 15 uh, years ago today, the uh, Kurt Cobain's uh, death announcement. The day they announced it, anyway. I don't know when it actually happened. Uh, so we'll be uh, counting on the top five songs that sound a lot like Smells Like Teen Spirit. I, Which, by the way, was not my first choice for the top five. I almost did uh, something else. Today's top five was very nearly going to be the top 5 songs in the billboard hot 100 the day that nirvana's nevermind was released to kind of show how the musical landscape was redrawn and rewritten but it was not really it didn't really happen i mean it sort of changed uh, the rock and roll landscape but the, you know the top 40 it, i mean the top 40 just had, it sort of it remained you know as it always was because if you look at the top 40 then because it was all, it was like i adore me more by color me bad
4: oh my god you really name checked that
0: and i think it was um and I think Motown Philly by Boys to Men or something. And so I was just... It was just, not that must like, be
4: PM Dawn around that time, too.
0: Um. Would that be um, looking through patient eyes? Oh, no,
4: set adrift on memory bliss. Sorry.
0: So, I mean, it's not demonstrably different than what lives in the top 40 at this point anyway. So, um anyway, so today we'll do the top five songs that sound a lot like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Later on, uh, tickets to the Jägermeister Music Tour featuring Pennywise and Pepper, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio show. You can see him on ABC's Castle when she plays the titular character of Rick castle one nathan fillion joining us now on the rick emerson show good morning to you sir good
3: morning rick i am set adrift on memory bliss of you <laughs>
0: well thank you see here's the thing i'm going to put that here's what you don't know is not only is that now going to become my myspace and facebook quote but that's going to go on my resume <laughs> right underneath my name my phone number my other contact info that quote is going to be there and i will use that to impress uh, future prospective employers my friend <laughs> I hope that goes well. So on Castle, you play uh, Rick Castle, who is not, we'll give people sort of the background on this, that you are a crime novelist who starts tagging along with the cops uh, and through a series of, you know, this sort of happenstance, but you end up following along with the cops going to crime scenes because you are seeking inspiration, because you're sort of, uh, you're burned out having killed off the character that you write about, uh, that you've written about for most of your career, and the character of of Rick Castle is n- not immoral, certainly, but is is sort of uh, jaded or a little bit uh, uh, detached. Do those do those kinds of roles appeal to you particularly?
3: You know, I find this about Richard Castle. I think he's actually, uh, I mean, he's not dumbstruck with emotion uh, over murder. He's not personally connected or attached to a lot of these cases, so uh, he's actually quite joyful in, in being there. He's like a kid in a candy store. Uh, Rather than making up murders, he's he's right there in the forefront of, of a homicide investigation. And he finds it incredibly exciting, and he's also extremely attracted to Kate Beckett, the detective he's following.
7: It
0: does seem like it's a bit of a a counterbalance to to some of the other genres that you've worked in I mean, obviously uh, you know the sci-fi fantasy genre and you've uh, you did uh, one life to live uh, the soap opera did you deliberately pick uh, the role of of Rick castle to pursue or the show because you wanted to to maybe broaden um, broaden the spectrum of what you've done uh, recently or was was that not a, not a factor you
3: know what the factor was I, I always try to find a role that', that me in some way that I think to, I'm, I'm going to have fun doing it because it's a good story, it's a good character, and what, what drew me to Rick Castle was his—he uh, has childlike qualities. He's, he's very excited. He's—he's he's so excited uh, every day. Every day is like a little adventure, a little field trip to him, and that's kind of like my life. I'm a—I'm a, I'm an employed actor living in Los Angeles. I'm not a, a waiter trying to support my acting habits. So. I'm I'm like, it's like I've won the lottery, so it's a little bit like my life every day.
0: It's a magical existence filled with taffy trees and lollipop forests. And and gumdrop rainbows. coming off of, obviously, a lot of projects with Joss Whedon, I mean, you were Caleb on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and, of course, Mal Reynolds, Firefly, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, about which we will speak more in a moment. Do you find that it is... That delivering and selling and really embodying characters that live in a you know in a, in a, in a different plane of reality, do you find that it's that it is more work, that it's more difficult because of Whedon's. So he has such a distinctive voice when he writes.
3: You know, that's an excellent, excellent question. That I find really amazing about Joss Whedon is it doesn't matter what the setting is, what the genre is. He, Joss Whedon leans very heavily on character, and. It, it just it lends reality to what it is you're doing. I mean, yes, you're a captain of a spaceship. Yes, you're a superhero. But at the end of the day, everything that happens is very, very real. Uh, I, think, I think we're all very kind of used to a, a story convention. I mean, we, we see TV. we got Internet. We have newspapers, books. We're, we're a very story literate society. What Joss Whedon does is he twists our story conventions that we know so well, but in a very reality uh, in a very real aspect, a very real way. Uh, so it's almost unexpected, yet it makes a lot of
0: sense. He is, uh, Joss Whedon is one of those guys. Aaron Sorkin also comes to mind. Somebody who grew up as a child of the television, a child of the media, uh, to such an extent that he has internalized so many of the kind of uh, tropes and cliches. Of yeah. the format, but the, 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 so now he can kind of subvert them. Is that something that leapt off the page to you when you were reading any of these projects in their sort of embryonic stage? Did you sense that that was the case?
3: Well, you know what, I, I learned that later on. I learned that in getting to know Josh Whedon, that he's a, he's a pop culture encyclopedia. Uh, he, he's got one of those thick. Brains. He's, he's, he's an incredibly intelligent guy, but fortunately enough, he's one of those intelligent men that he doesn't try to make you feel stupid by when, you, when you're around him. Um, but what drew me to Joss Whedon's work is, is simply uh, incredible moments, just incredible moments that define character. For Malcolm Reynolds, it was uh, kicking a man into a spinning engine.
0: When you see something like whether it is uh, Doctor Horrible or Castle or Firefly, when you see the final product, uh, you know whether you're in a screening room or you're watching it in a home on television. Is it a little bit of a shock when something is so perfectly realized that it has gone from page to screen and has made the transition successfully, and in fact become even better? Is that does that thrill ever get old?
3: doesn't, and and, and a nice point, too, because, I mean, I I have a job to do, uh, you know, try to make these words live and breathe as they come off the page, you know, you you try to, you know, invest in character, you try to follow story you try to do your thing. There's so many people that have a piece in putting that product out, the people that put the sound in, the people that do the music and score it, there's there's just the color tone of, of the, so what everybody puts in their part, and you get that completed piece, it's so much more than what you actually put into it. So, yes, that surprise, that, that end product, always, always a pleasure.
0: We're talking so to a Nathan surprise. Fillion, who's the star of the ABC series Castle. And it was about uh, a year ago that Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog made its debut online. If people haven't seen this, it, it really is just one of the best things that's ever, ever existed. It is a 43-minute <laughs> online musical supervillain uh, super superhero adventure. It really is quite unlike anything I've I've ever seen. How how was that even pitched to you? How was it something that is just has such a series of disparate components? How was that proposed um, to you?
3: I got a call from Joss Whedon. I was sitting here in my living room. Anytime Joss Whedon calls you up and says, "Listen, we have this idea to do this thing," you just say, "Yes, I'm in," because you know if it's Joss Whedon, you know Ooh. it's going to be good. He said, "Well, let me tell you, we're gonna. It's it's a superhero musical about a supervillain." I said, "Sounds good, I'm in." He said, "It's Neil Patrick Harris is going to be playing Doctor Horrible, and you're going to be the doofus superhero who steals his girlfriend." I said, "I'm in." So now I'm one of the one of the few. There's a there's a club of very few of us called the uh, Whedonverse trifectas. I've done three separate projects with Josh Whedon
0: now, and the character of Mal Reynolds has actually made some sort of uh, cameos. You might, some of the, I know, in Halo Three. I, I don't know if they ever actually out and out say that your character in Halo Three is is Mal Reynolds, but there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of throwaway moments there that indicate that that's the case. Do you do you feel personally that you are in some ways uniquely bonded? To that character, uh, in the sense of, um, in the sense of it speaking to you, and the the character really uh, connecting with you.
3: Absolutely, I mean, I, I'm I'm a little bit married to that guy. Mal Reynolds uh, has a place in my heart that. Uh I mean, if I had to be typecasted for the rest of
0: my career, uh, I would pick Malcolm Reynolds. I, I, as we uh, sort of uh, wrap this up, I want to uh, thank you for spending some time with us. And my friend Cheryl would uh, absolutely kill me if I did not ask you this. You provided uh, one of the voices for the recently released Wonder Woman DVD. And is there, have you heard any talk of a, a film version of that, a feature version of Wonder Woman? Is there anything sort of like that in the offing uh, you're aware of?
3: that Joss Whedon was actually writing it uh, but he was off the project uh, for some time I don't know if they're still going to do it I have no idea where that sits but uh, uh, if they're interested I'm in
0: uh, final question: In 2007, you appeared in the movie Waitress, and as I, I was a fan of of Adrienne Shelley for a long time, and of course she was uh, tragically uh, murdered shortly yeah. before the film's release. Um, just I, I have to ask, from much of my own knowledge, what what was that experience like working with Adrienne Shelley? What was what was she like as a director as, as a person?
3: The lovely lady. You know, you get uh, you get a director who's also a, an actor, and you find I, I, my personal experience is that I have found that they have. Uh, a, a very interesting language, whatever that that, that language is, to communicate to, to actors and and, and and tweak a performance in just a certain way. I, I found her language to be uh, very succinct and very uh, exacting. Um, we were actually <laughs> doing that movie, and she would direct us in a particular way. And Carrie Russell and I would be looking at each other, saying, "Really? Is that? I mean, Adrian, we can do it like that? Is that okay? If that's how you want it to be done?" We didn't really understand. How well it would come together in the final piece, but uh, uh, I think that's a, that's a movie that came together. One of those things you're talking about, where the final project, uh, the final product, is uh, 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 so much more than
0: the, the sum of the parts that you've put into it. It's a beautiful film, and really just uh, and one of a long series of of fantastic projects with which you've been associated. Unless you think I'm just sort of waxing your car here. I mean, any. You, know what, you seem to have done your homework, Rick. I really appreciate it. That's you. Well, I have to say, it is, it is always, uh, it is always a pleasure to, uh, look, I tell you this, life is just too short for bad movies, bad TV, bad art, bad entertainment of, of any kind. So, um, so it, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that to you and the, the circle of creative folks of which you are a part, uh, they want to thank you for, you know, for creating some things that are, that are really entertaining and compelling and textured and layered and all of that. So the show is Castle. It airs on ABC. Best of continued success in art and life and all things, my friend. All right, All right, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Nathan Fillion, there you go. Greg, do you want to um, pick that up there and make sure that we are hunky dory? Excellent, fantastic. All right, there you go, Nathan Fillion, ladies and gentlemen. Cool. All I need right. to finish
4: watching Firefly.
0: Oh man, it's just the best. It's just will, I've it's, seen a few episodes
4: it, of it and I, I, it was so cool.
0: Oh, it's just like one of the best things that it. It, it here's the thing about Firefly. I mean, it, it's almost pointless now to gush, but I guess now is the time that you do it because I mean, it, you know, because obviously the series got canceled. And they made Serenity and, you know, some follow-up projects uh, to that, and there's a video game and whatever. But um, you watch it, and it's just so painfully good that it actually just – it is – here's the thing about watching the show Firefly, is that – and I was kind of late to the party on that. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I was, like, an early adopter of that show, even though I was a huge – I mean, a big Buffy fan and Angel and whatever. I was a little bit late to the party uh, with Firefly only because – I knew from the get-go that it was that it was canceled. Like that's the thing is, I knew there was a finite lifespan on that program, and so part of me just just didn't even want to. I didn't even want to watch it because I didn't want to get to the to the end uh, where then they yanked the show out from underneath me. So I resisted watching Firefly for some time, just because you know I knew I knew what was at the end of that road. Um, but when you watch it, it is a little bit like. This is a strange analogy, but watching that show is a little bit like wiggling a loose tooth where it's sort of painful and it's satisfying all at once. I like flossing. It, it's exactly <laughs> like that, Sarah, because because it's such a well-crafted, well-acted, incredibly written show. But then you knew that, you know, it was all going to end in tears mm-hmm. and cancellation and renewals of According to Jim. So because that's the world in which we live. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Tim Riley's working the following headlines on this Monday morning.
5: A Washington man murders his five kids after his wife plans to leave him for a guy at a convenience store. Those nine escaped monkeys are caught after a brief period of freedom when they escape from the OHSU monkey joint. We found out where that is, too. It's 185th and Walker Road. Write that down next time you see a monkey. Security guards fire at the paparazzi at Tom Brady's wedding.
0: Was that, was he marrying that, what's her name, Giselle? Yeah, yeah that Bun- Bun- Whatever her name Nobody is. pronounce her name. Doesn't oh, it. and
4: she's evil, too. But Who fires the at the paparazzi? Is, no, and the press has turned on her.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I would think so. What with the gunshots and all. that. I'm, seriously. No,
4: that if, and also, like, you know how he um, had a kid with Bridget Moynahan. or no, whatever. No. That. He has okay. a habit of... Getting
5: involved with women with impossible to pronounce last names. Exactly. He's no, got to stop this.
4: when she birthed and that Bridget She birthed. birthed. The, she birthed the baby, but then Giselle just did an interview saying that she feels like the child's 100% hers. It was just really messed up. I don't know. So anyway, the tides are turning on Giselle. What do you mean
0: she me? feels like the child? Oh, she has a sense of ownership. Not yeah. that there was any confusion.
4: Exactly. Like she already stole the girl's, you know, husband slash boyfriend or whatever. And well,
0: why not complete the
4: package? Yeah, she's like that baby is mine 100%. It was the creepiest thing. Yeah.
5: Farrah Fawcett's selfish loser son gets arrested for drugs again as she suffers in an L.A. hospital. Keith Urban's tour bus dumps his bodily waste at the front door of the New York City nightclub where he was about to perform. That's uh,
0: that's only if you're a member of his gold uh, his gold star press, uh, his, uh, his fan club. Everybody else just gets a bumper sticker. You get uh, Keith Urban's DNA and feces. There you go. All right, it's five zero three Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Oregonian pop culture writer, correspondent, raconteur uh, extraordinaire, Christy Turnquist. Hello to you.
1: Hello to you. Hey,
0: did you hear we were talking to Nathan Fillion just there?
1: I love Nathan yeah. Fillion. Yeah. <laughs> he makes everything worth seeing just for his participation alone. As a matter of fact, I am such a fan of Castle because of Nathan Fillion that I tune in early and have somehow inexplicably caught Dancing with the Stars. Is dancing
0: is what's his name still on that? Uh, Steve Wozniak. Oh, oh the Woz. No, he he got the boot. Really? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was the only reason I considered watching is to see Wozniak out there uh, dancing.
1: Is I Steve-O did. still on it? I think he is. The although, tired. yeah, yeah, he's yeah. but it's been like carnage on the dance floor this season because people have been getting you know horribly injured. Steve-O got injured and Jewel got injured and had to drop out and. Nancy O'Dell got injured. Has Jewel ever out. fixed
0: that weird snaggletooth thing that she's got? Or is it her trademark at this point?
1: I think it might just be her, her thing. You
0: know, she's got that, you know what I'm talking about? She has a strange, she has that weird gap thing in her teeth. Who does? Jewel.
1: Oh yeah, she does. It's like
4: Oh, I can't remember where it is. Is
0: that one of those? Did she ever get it taken care of, or is it still the case?
4: I don't think she did. I think it's still there. Is
0: it? Uh, it's still. She jewel her keep... seems like
4: an unpleasant person. Too. She really does.
0: <laughs> Boy, man, she just. Can I just tell you this? Uh, when she I was. Just,
4: yeah, everything I've seen with her, she seems like a bitch. She does.
0: Uh, she seems really unpleasant. <laughs> she seems just deeply, deeply unlikable, like down to the down to the atomic level. <laughs> when I was living in San Diego. Uh, I used to spend a lot of time at a place called, uh, uh it's not there anymore, but say so I sound like, now I sound like Marty DeBerkey, a place that's not there anymore called the electric banana. <laughs> but there was a place called Java Joe's, which was a coffee house, uh, kind of a performance place. And they would have open mic night on Monday. And one of the people who used to perform there at open mic night was Jewel. This is, this is back when she was doing that stupid. And I lived in a van and slept on the beach and I had to eat my own toenails for dinner <laughs> and whatever. And she was in that poor stage that she seems compulsively unable to quit talking that's about. That's true. Yeah. And so she was, I don't know if she was actually discovered, but one of the places where she was first sort of noticed and seen was at this Java Joe's place. Anyway, fun fact... It, when you would go there, and it, it is a pity that the place is gone. It's become a Starbucks, of course, so you can't see this anymore. But you go there, and the entire place, including all, both bathrooms, is just covered with the graffiti. That just Jewel sucks all of it. Really? There was just like all of this Jewel hate there for reasons that I was never really able to quantify. <laughs> see,
4: I was watching Punked the other day because I don't know. But sometime during the day, it was the only thing on, and I love that show because it shows you just who are real like jerks in life and who aren't. Like when they're having him putting them in a bad situation, and Jewel right. just like freaked out and she pulled the whole, you know, do you know who I am? And just yeah. such a diva.
0: Yeah, no. She, really off-putting. and i remember just and i remember so badly wanting to like her music uh when it came oh, out because it music, well, because had that kind of weird country <laughs> sort of tinge to it and it was you know it was when there just wasn't a lot uh there wasn't a lot in the top 40 that i sort of identified with it that i felt was you know it was it all seemed very it was kind of coming off the grunge thing and then it was a lot of you know it was like a lot of uh like frat boy like a lot of like frat kind of rap rock stuff that i was just that i that i ran hot and cold on i mean i liked some of it and i didn't like others but jewel came out and she had that you know the kind of folksy thing and also she wore these incredibly tight shirts and so i really <laughs> wanted to like her music mm-hmm. and i'm just every time she would start doing that yodeling thing i just couldn't i just couldn't take it and i and that was also an era where female vocalists just seemed pathologically uh just incapable of singing on key or sticking to a note because Jewel would yodel. She's got kind of a warbles. Jewel would yodel, and then that was sort of when Destiny's Child was ascendant, and they would do that thing where it was like, you know, the note would just be, ah, but they would do the, you know, ah, 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 ah and it would be like up and down the scale. And then you had Sarah McLachlan, who developed that weird, and Alanis said did this too, she developed that tick where she would be singing, and then halfway through the note, she would just go, ah, ah, ah you know, oh, and yeah, it would that. just... And it was like a like weird... The
4: flicker of the It was um, like the... It was like,
0: yeah, like the recording studio gone over a speed bump or something. Anyway, and so... Uh, I, I love my Jewel.
4: I have, well, I have all the kinds of good high school memories of sitting in my room crying and painting listening to foolish games over and really? over again. Did you, did, you, oh, yeah.
1: did you buy her book of poetry? I did. A, a Night Without Armor? <laughs> I used to
4: read it all the time. I still have it. Yet. It's on my bookshelf. A Night Without I, Armor is I awesome. demand that you wow. bring Jewel's
0: book of poetry in and read it tomorrow. Okay, I will. All right, I'm, I'm holding okay, it. I'm
4: to. writing it, yeah. Re- just send me a Jewel. message and remind me.
0: Poetry, Sarah.
1: That's quite a memory. confession. Do her okay. poems rhyme?
4: <laughs> no, that's, that's how you can tell she's edgy.
0: <laughs> they don't rhyme. They're not real poems, Sarah. <laughs> right. Hey, speaking of books, you know what I have here? And we never actually gotten a chance to read out of this. I have here uh, a copy of Johnny and Me, the true story of John Wayne Gacy.
4: Oh, and it's just magical. Ooh. It's better than you could ever imagine.
0: This, uh, Christy Turnquist, is uh, <sighs> it's written by this guy, Barry Bashelli, who we interviewed, who is the childhood friend of John Wayne Gacy and clearly... <laughs> he's just been waiting until uh, until his uh, you know rent couldn't be paid any other way, and, and now he, he's gonna cash in. Yeah, Hold we'll all these really anecdotes. And, well, he sounded just like Grandpa Simpson. Um, <laughs> and Grandpa Simpson, if you remember, he did that. Uh, there was that whole moment where Grandpa Simpson told the onion on a belt anecdote. <laughs> And back then you had to take the ferry over to Shelbyville, only it wasn't called Shelbyville. It was called, you know, Pawtucket. But if you tried to get to the Pawtucket, you couldn't because the map was inaccurate and it said Shelbyville, even though Shelbyville didn't exist yet. And the ferry cost a nickel and nickels had bumblebees on them. And I had an onion on my belt, as was the style at the time. And there's these anecdotes that go on for no, they go nowhere and they end nowhere. And so it is with this book by uh, Barry Bushelli. And so this book, Johnny and Me, is 178 pages. And by the way, this print is big. Yeah. There's a lot of white space in this.
1: Um, How does he build up to the actual, you know, uh, murders? Well,
0: see, because he wasn't even around <laughs> for that. It was that he sort of knew him uh, when they were when they were teenagers. I will just read one one sample uh, paragraph here. And then uh, we'll get caught up, and straight ahead we will talk about the box office this weekend. Still to come, uh, your chance at Pennywise tickets, and we'll count on the top five songs that sound a lot like, smells like teen spirit. This is from page 51 of Johnny and Me by Barry Bushelli. And uh, keep in mind, when I read this, this is totally representative of the tone of this book. Keep in mind this is ostensibly a book about John Wayne Gacy. I give to you now from Johnny and Me, Barry Bushelli. Now let me tell you about Hide and Seek. Thank you. Surely everyone has played Hide and Seek at one time or another, but not my sister's version. Usually when it was my turn to play Hide and Seek, you faced a cement lamppost. It's not there anymore because it was replaced by a more modern lamppost, one that hangs over the street. Anyway, at times she'd like to ruffle my feathers or get my goat to annoy me by saying, I can't hear you, I got a carrot in my ear. That used to get me quite mad she'd take a, She would take her finger to my back and say, "Make a circle, poke your dirty finger in Of course i didn't know what she was talking about, but I did it anyway. Then I would turn around and act like i didn't know who was poking me. Then I would count to a hundred then we'd run off like a stampede of cattle to go hide. There was one of my friends who was kind of heavy next to the lamppost was a row of bushes. He'd try to run to the post without being caught and land right in the row of bushes and start flattening them. My father confronted him many times, saying, please don't crush the shrubs. But boy, that kid could run and stop on a dime. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny and me by Barry Buscelli. When we return, Christy Turnquist and your phone calls as we endeavor to give away a pair of tickets to see Pennywise at the Roseland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. What?
5: The trick is to tell them stories that don't go anywhere. Like the time I caught the ferry over to Shelbyville I needed a new heel for my shoe. So I decided to go to Morganville which is what they call Shelbyville in those days. So I tied an onion to my belt which was the style at the time. Now to take the ferry cost a nickel and in those days nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five peas for a quarter, you'd say. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. The important thing was that I had an onion on my belt, which was a style at the time. They didn't have white onions because of the war. The only thing you could get was those big yellow ones.
0: Let's so just screw it. That's the official model of the, uh, <laughs> model of the Rick Emerson That's Showed our it. mission
4: statement. <laughs> screw it. At least for
7: today.
0: It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's already 8 o'clock. Good no, God it's almighty. I'm sorry, Tim. It's already 6 minutes before 8 o'clock on a Monday morning. That is uh, 55 minutes after uh, 7. It, it, just real quickly here before we return to Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian, we also have uh, news from Tim Riley ahead. We'll return to the 8 is enough story relentlessly. Here's why. Because Christy Turnquist, who is ostensibly the pop culture rep- uh, reporter for the Oregonian, Actually, revealed that she had never seen Eight Is Enough," which 100%. makes you a bad American. And yet, you, you and knew me both, sister. <laughs> yeah, but, but okay. But how shall I put this? Um, I want to hear you do this. I'm ma'am? just going to say that I would say Christie uh, Turnquist and I are from. Uh, we are from the same generation. Perhaps not from the same generation as uh, as Sarah. That's just a guess. But I don't really know. I'm just saying. And yet, you knew a aston- uh, like a staggering amount. Of, of trivia about oh, yeah. the show and about the casting of the oh, show. yeah,
1: I knew all this sort of, uh, you know, outer rim ephemera about Eight is Enough without actually having watched a single episode of the show because it looked so cloyingly saccharine. Oh, which it was. As yeah. kid. Cloyingly saccharine. <laughs> because
0: they did the, how long was awesome. the first mom on the show before she got replaced because she passed away. That
1: was Diana Hyland, better known as the older woman that John Travolta was dating back in his Welcome Back Cotter days.
0: Because they had both been in the movie The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. I think that's Which I think they is met. where they met. And then they were placed the mom on eight is enough with
1: betty buckley see later to be known for singing memory in cats why
0: do you know this if you've never watched Is enough
1: <laughs> well just because we always had a lifetime subscription to tv guide
0: you would just sit around and actually as opposed was it just like more efficient to just uh, sort of sit there matrix style and kind of gsh, and scan the entire tv guide into your head i read the articles and that took the place of actually watching. Did you watch the... <laughs> reading the articles in TV Guide is like several hundred notches below reading the personality profiles in Parade magazine, by the I way. I those, too. Of course you did. <laughs> when you were not busy buying Fabergé eggs and the uh, like, collectible dinner plates with Basset hounds on them. Uh, can you name the replacement Duke brothers on the Dukes of Hazzard?
1: Uh, nah. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. I am totally blanking. No, that, that
0: I'm not impressed. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley is working on the following headlines on this Monday morning.
5: Bristol Palin's ex says, quote, most of the times I don't know what's wrong with her, unquote.
0: <laughs> Wait, is it Bristol Palin said
5: this? Yes, uh, Bristol Palin's ex, I'm
0: sorry. Oh, this is, what's his name, Levi... Blah Levi blah. blah, blah. Okay. Did you see that Sarah Palin her, herself made a comment about it, though? Because I guess he was on, was it The View or something? Because the guy, Bristol Palin's ex boyfriend the the father of the whatever the palin baby um so i think it was it was the viewer some sub view show mm. that where he was making something i think boy, it was tyra
1: boy, i was thinking Tyra. it was yeah. a tyra boy God, yeah, he's just as, find it.
0: he's as thick as two short planks that guy is just i mean it's like you can just hear uh sort of his the the few stray synapses that he's got just sort of floating around inside his head and slamming into one another um but he made some comment about how the family was a little crazy and whatever and then Sarah Palin not even like a spokesperson not a representative for not sources close to the pay- like Sarah Palin herself went on record and essentially said like F him if I ever see him I'll have his legs broken i mean Good she wow. she went i mean she went right I don't know
6: what's going on with her but she's usually in a pretty bad mood she's short Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't seem. Stubby. She doesn't want me
3: around. I don't think.
0: Because <laughs> he does. He does seem like such a catch, by the way. Oh, oh dear. He seems like a compelling young man, and so gifted. All right, <laughs> uh, Christy Turnquist. When we uh, come back, we will talk about. It's not the Fast and the Furious. We talked uh-uh. about this Friday. But it's just, just fast, fast and, and furious. furious. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's
1: how they rebooted the franchise. They dumped those extraneous "the"s. All right.
0: Well, kids today don't have time for the uh, the buzz, What with my spacing and all. All right. <laughs> that is straight ahead plus news from Tim Riley. And we'll do today's top five. The top five songs that sound very similar to Smells Like Teen Spirit. Also, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Pepper and Pennywise at the Roseland. all ahead. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show. We want to talk about one of our many uh, proud partners. That is Secret Artvark Abañero Hot Sauce. Uh, by I actually, the way, ate some yesterday. Did you? Mm-hmm. Went to the East Side Deli, and uh, I did as well. I had some on that. My wife made this sort of it's like a like a tortilla soup kind of a thing, and you know, she and I are she's she was raised by spice wimps. Uh, I mean, her you know, Lara's parents are just they, they just either. They live in Provo. You know, there's just no spice there at all. Uh, and so, you know, as an adult, she's learned to. You know, she's acclimated a little bit. But she and I still like things at different spice levels. So I, I have that secret Artvark. I mean, I got the bottle of it right there, and I just put it on everything. So you had it on a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had.
4: It. I had their Italian, which is like. The greatest sandwich ever.
0: It is quite wonderful. And then I put this uh, right into the soup as well. And here's the great thing about Secret Aardvark is that, first of all, a recipe was created right here in Portland. It's a Portland company. uh, And, you know, it's uh, manufactured. It's made. Everything kind of comes right out of Portland. And it is the perfect combination of flavor and heat. Because sometimes you get a hot sauce that is, you know, it's hot, but it's actually so hot that it just can't be used by a lot of people or anybody. Sometimes it's, it's, you feel like it's just like a stunt sauce, like the guy just keeps it at his home so he can impress you with, like, dude, it's 50 billion Scoville units. Check this out. Other times you'll get sauce that is just not hot at all, but they market it as being very fiery, and it's not, and it just ends up being sort of a red pepper and vinegar kind of a thing. Secret Aardvark is the perfect combination. It's got a lot of great flavor. It's a Caribbean, sort of a Southwestern uh, thing going on, and you can get it at New Seasons Market, Markets, uh, Portland Area Whole Foods, or you can find out more there website just launched yesterday by the way to secretardvark.com Secretartvark.com with two a's you can find that more about it find that stores and restaurants that have it and of course if you go someplace to you're shopping or you're ordering food and you don't see it you don't see it on the table you ask about it that's the only way they're going to know to keep it in stock so ask about secret aardvark heart sauce secret aardvark hot sauce SecretArtvark.com is where you find that more about it secret aardvark habanero hot sauce one sauce to rule them all this is rock 101 kufo It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101. KUFO still to come this hour. Today's top five. The top five songs that sound a lot like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Don't forget, Smells Like the 90s is coming up at 9 o'clock with Buzz today. And it was uh, 15 years ago today, uh, certainly that the the announcement at least was made about Kurt Cobain's death. Uh, An entire hour of Nirvana coming up. An entire hour of Nirvana coming up at 9 o'clock. That is Smells Like the 90s uh, with Buzz. All right, let's quickly go around the room. You were aware when you heard about Kurt Cobain's uh, passing. Sarah,
4: I was in my woodshop class in eighth grade, and we we're listening to the radio, and I saw it.
0: Wow, it I'm there. old. Yeah, All right. really? They had the radio on. Mm-hmm. You were allowed to listen to rock and roll while we were, working on heavy equipment. We were
4: allowed to listen to the rock and the roll.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, I think we were listening to. It. Yeah,
4: I'm pretty sure it was like 107.7. The end.
0: Why were you taking a woodshop class? I mean, not that you. I mean, there's anything wrong with it. It's just odd. I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't think that. I
4: really had a choice in it. I think because I know that we had to, you know, take the. Like, home ec class, and so I think they had us do, like, you know, the boys' class and the girls' class. Ah, interesting. So I know I, I remember taking I was taking home ec at the same that's,
0: time. So that's, like, a, how I did have to take home ec, because they wanted us to be balanced mm. or whatever. Tim Riley, where were you when you heard about Kurt Cobain's uh, demise?
5: I was at
4: a Chinese restaurant
5: in Van Nuys.
0: And did it, was it, uh, like, on the radio, or was it? On a big screen TV. And did they have that one shot of, like, the garden house or something, mm-hmm. where you just saw, like, the kids or the Vans or whatever yes. shoes were sticking out? Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian? You were where when you heard about Kurt Cobain?
1: I was in the Oregonian newsroom because nothing is more important than being at work at your desk at all times.
0: Exactly. Well, because <laughs> because one never knows when a pop star might be uh, become deceased. It was big news. I remember obviously. I was cleaning out the back of my car, I think. I was doing one of my once a year uh, clean out the cesspool that is the, uh, the back of my, what was I driving? It was like a Ford Escort or something and just tossing everything into a dumpster. And, uh, which is, you know, kind of how you clean when you're, you know, however old I was 20, something like that, 19 and the DJ at the local rock station came on and, you know, he made the, uh, made the announcement about it, which is, and then I remember just the, the headlines the next day were just, I mean, it was weird, especially living in Washington state at the time. It was just, mm. it was, it was, it was very surreal. Even thinking back on it now, mm. it's surreal, especially when you consider that like from ne- nevermind being released to the guy killing himself was only like three years, not even three years. Because Nevermind came out in September.
4: How uh, old was he? 91,
0: 27. Oh. So, you know, from like September of 91 and then uh, to whatever, to, to April of 94. So that's, I mean, the two and a half years, which is just...
1: Unbelievable. It's all very weird.
0: All right. Uh, we will go to the news desk with Tim Riley in just one moment here, still to come to we'll the top five and uh, your shot at uh, Pennywise tickets. Chrissy Turnquist, Fast and Furious, number one, box office, make big money.
1: It made huge money. It made 72.5 million bucks. From people who apparently wanted to wax nostalgic about the days when you could, you know, drive gas guzzling cars and. Is there not a lot work? of uh,
0: pent up uh, desire for another Fast and the Furious film? I mean, there must have been.
1: There must have been, although I don't know who wanted to see it after the fabulous Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift.
0: Hey, don't knock Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Tokyo Drift has, by the way, uh, one of the worst endings I've ever seen, which and it does it, it's ruin, it, ruin it. What is it? No. And it, well, here's the thing is that Vin Diesel himself makes a cameo at the end of oh. Tokyo Drift, uh, which is how you knew that there was going to be a fourth one and that he would be in it. So Tim had a good point though, that this is, it really is like a weird sort of fantasy fulfillment in today's trying economic times or oh, yeah. you're like what you're remembering when you were able to drive a gas guzzling car. Mm-hmm.
5: It was. It was the same with Dukes of Hazard. That's why that was so big. Because it was right after the gas crisis at that time. When people are speeding around the hot rods and rolling them,
0: not a problem. So it's no longer you're no longer sort of fantasizing about uh, about being an astronaut, uh, you know, or uh, you know, going into outer space, or you know, not even really Daisy Duke. Probably it was really just <laughs> the idea that you could drive a car made out of steel and concrete that weighed ten thousand pounds, and you could waste fuel with impunity.
1: Oh yeah, and, and admit, not be caught. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not be caught ever.
0: But it is the most American of uh, of dreams. And I don't even know what else was was opening or what else was playing. What what unfortunate films had the luck to go up against Vin Diesel?
1: Against Vin Diesel, that is pretty scary. Well, Monsters vs. Aliens hung in there for number two, um, still getting most of its business from 3D, and then there was The Haunting in Connecticut, the mystery hit.
0: Oh, that's right. The vomiting out my, uh, the vomiting my the paper bag yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: and then, uh, knowing Nicolas Cage, mm. which
0: is the, uh, that's the apocalyptic. That's the, the, he's telling the future with the, 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 wanna the wanna numerology that. or whatever. I kind of, I kind of do too.
1: You know, I've actually I read, like yeah, I've read a couple of reviews that say it's actually pretty good, but I have stayed away from it. Like a, you know, bad clams because it has Nicolas Cage like in bad it. Bad clams.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to begin working that into my lexicon almost immediately. <laughs> It's just
1: everything he's been in recently has been so dire.
0: Well, he does. uh, He's a little bit. He seems to have a little bit of a bleakness to him as a person. Oh, yeah. Uh, The movies. I don't remember the last time he made a movie that was sort of a big up. Anyone? Uh... See that I, I can't no. <laughs> valley girl, really that was pretty much it yeah so. I'm down. going
4: through Madam like weatherman nope depressing no. maybe to
0: bring it all back home. we'll put him in the inevitable eight is enough to big screen uh, adaptation, Christy Turnquist, so I you could can finally see, that. see because you haven't seen eight is enough, there's all kinds of stuff you can't weigh in on, like the fact that Tim and I were talking about this earlier, that one of the daughters seemed to be about fifty years old <laughs> uh she had I forget her name, but she was she was really butch and she had a voice kind of like this, and it was like she'd been chain smoking palm malls on the set all day. And then, am I hallucinating this? Was there an episode of Eight Is Enough where they had like a bake sale to, to buy the newspaper or something?
5: That was ridiculous. They bought they bought the newspaper
0: in Sacramento because it was the Sacramento Bee, or was it? Yeah. or was it a fake newspaper? I forget. I, I
5: think it was the Bee.
0: So in the Eight Is yeah. Enough, so the, because it was based on the uh, uh, what's his name, uh, the uh, Tim Tom Braden. Tom Braden. Yeah, so it was Tom. based on his uh, on his actual life, and he was a newspaper reporter when he right. wasn't busy being a spook for the CIA. Apparently, amazing. Um, but there was an episode of Eight Enough where it's like the, the newspaper was going go to go out of business, or the dad was going to get fired. So it's like all the relatives pitch in, and they all raise enough money to buy the newspaper for him.
1: I think we ought to revive that idea for the newspaper industry.
5: <laughs> they should do it for the radio industry too. There'd be f- fewer layoffs.
0: Well, let me, let me see how much. Uh, let me see how much change I've got in my pockets here. and That'll be a good start. And then we'll. Uh, I'll just set up a muffin stand or something outside. You want to do that as like a uh, as some sort of like a like a, a publicity stunt for the Oregonian? And mm-hmm. plus, as a nostalgic callback for everybody our age that was watching It Is Enough, you guys ought to do some sort of a bake sale to buy the Oregonian. We could try it. I'm just saying. I know what we get to... <laughs> I, I, look, I know what uh, gets publicity. I know what people like to uh, to see. That's uh, you Just mark my words. That would be entertaining. <laughs> All right, Sarah, what should we do here? We uh...
4: Let's do a couple stories. All right,
0: let's go to the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, with Tim fun. Riley. In the news with Tim Riley.
5: So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing was held over the weekend... And uh, Jeff Beck was uh, one of the speakers. He was also one of the inductees. I didn't
6: really enjoy the first one because I, I don't know, I, I felt kind of frustrated that I had to go back and be part of a band. I mean, it's all a bit precious, but I, um, what this is, he is talking
5: a lot about? better. I don't know, you know? but it's
6: over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a drunken embittered Jeff Beck speaks gibberish. Film at 11.
5: Other music news.
0: I think about it just real quickly. I think he's talking about maybe playing with the Yardbirds there. Yeah, I guess. Because there was that deal where Clapton, Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck were all members of the Yardbirds, but I think there was a lot of acrimony uh there in the in the split. Like I know Eric Clapton quit when they released For Your Love because he felt like it was a big pop sellout. Uh, he was there was you know, he thought that it was just an unconscionable um the evolution into top 40. So that's when he left and I forget exactly why Jimmy Page I think I think the new I think the Yardbirds became the new Yardbirds who became Led Zeppelin in sort of like a weird spinal tap new originals kind of way. I don't even remember what happened with Jeff Beck though. All right, I'm sorry. Another music news, Tim.
5: Yes, country uh, crooner Keith Urban's performance will be re- well remembered in New York, not because of well the way he sang. Somebody dumped all his uh, human sludge from the septic tank of his uh, tour bus right out in front of the place where he was playing at three o'clock in the morning. Now, the cleaning process lasted 12 hours. They put some anti-odor powder on it, and then they tricked it away after they put it in bags and sent it to New Jersey.
0: <laughs> now, you get the sense that one of these days, New Jersey is just going to sort of rise up in like an armed rebellion against New York. I mean, how many times can you pack up Keith Urban's uh, feces and send it to New Jersey before they just decide they're going to have, you know, they've had enough of that. That's just uh, they're done. Also, the idea that they keep anti-odor powder sort of on hand Mm -hmm. indicates that maybe this is not a totally isolated event, that there have uh, been other sludge-related incidents uh, in the past. Miley
5: Cyrus wants everyone to know she's a real person with real human feelings.
7: The hardest thing about dealing with all the different things that I do go through with paparazzi and stuff is just people remembering that you are a real person. I feel like people forget that sometimes and forget privacy and respect and it's important for you to, you know, remember that I am a real person and have feelings and all that crazy stuff. I just think that this movie and everything is really going to prove that I am. All. She's so vapid.
0: I especially... I really appreciate the fact that she's demanding privacy on an interview that she conducted with uh, like the Associated Press or somebody, which is being beamed out to nine million uh, radio stations. I don't understand
4: across. what she's asking. She doesn't want people to pay attention to her. I don't know.
0: Doesn't she have
1: a new movie coming out or yeah. something?
0: Yeah, she sure does. Is that, when is that coming out, Christy Turnquist of the Oregonian?
1: Opening this coming weekend. It's the Hannah Montana movie.
0: I thought there already was a Hannah Montana yeah, movie. That, that was, was a concert a movie. movie. <laughs> Oh, that was a, okay. So that was concert a concert perf-
1: movie. That was a concert. Okay. Movie.
0: Oh, this is an actual. It's like a scripted uh, sort of a thing. This
5: she is, acts yeah. apparently
1: playing yeah. a part. That has
5: human feelings and Re- stuff.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Does she? Um, does she act like an unlikable crank?
5: She does. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, from what I heard, uh, nine escape monkeys <laughs> are back home at the OHSU Monkey Joint, and we found out where it is too. So next time you hear them escape, you'll know where it is. One hundred eighty fifth and Walker in the suburbs in Beaverton. Just, uh... they, the monkeys actually live in Beaverton. So uh, they're all captured again, and everybody's safe.
0: And this is because a guy left a door open. How is it that they came to be free?
5: No, he forgot to put the lock on the monkey uh, cage cleaner.
0: But so this first day, but but the door was shut. So in other words, uh, they didn't pick the lock. No, the lock was left, but they did figure out how to open the door. Correct. Uh, that's just a you know. Look, I, can I just say what we're all thinking? There are
5: nine of them running around.
0: I think there's a. I think there's a, We've reached a, a sufficient stage in monkey evolution where we need to stop it. I think we just need to step in and just put a break on it right now because, well, this is like the story about that octopus that figured out how to get out of its cage and turn off the lights in the laboratory a couple months ago, which, by the way, is freaking terrifying. So I think, really, uh, it's time that we just have some sort of a scorched earth solution. I am not comfortable with the advanced evolution of some of these other creatures. It's unnerving me.
5: I guess that's it. Unless you want something more. You said a few stories
0: is a few uh, a few is three then a gaggle not f- a flock a murder of stories Tim well this is a good chance to get caught up and when we uh, return we will talk to Christy Turnquist uh, about a few other items in the uh, pop culture pantheon we will also have your shot at Pennywise tickets for the end of the day show and we'll do the top five the top five songs that sound astonishingly similar to Smells Like Teen Spirit it is the Rick Emerson Show it's Rock 101 KUFO it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO, coming up at 9. It smells like the 90s with Buzz. A solid hour of Nirvana music coming up uh, 15 years ago today that the announcement about Kurt Cobain's death was made. We'll be doing uh, our top five, top five songs that sound a lot like Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's on the way. And before the end of the hour, your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Pennywise and Pepper on the Egermeister Music Tour. This is Tim Riley at the news desk. desk, desk. In the news with Tim Riley.
5: Big earthquake in Italy today. Over 100 people killed. Some mountain villages entirely wiped out. They say it was a 6.3. Some of the other news today. It's all bad out of Washington. A man from Graham, that's the town of Washington, is dead after killing his five children. James Harrison discovered his wife Angela was cheating on him after following her to a convenience store. Then he confronted her and went home killed all the children who lived in their trailer. Then he went back to the convenience store to look for her. He didn't find her. Cops think he intended to kill her and the new boyfriend when he went back to the convenience store the second time, but they weren't there, so he killed himself. Then from Yakima, remember the uh, story you saw the Everett father robbing a convenience store with his daughter at his side? Well, Yakima police say 42-year-old Robert Daniel Webb was arrested Saturday afternoon after friends convinced him to turn himself in to the Yakima police. More stuff out of uh, Washington. A man gets life for the 1978 killing and dismemberment of a friend with a chainsaw. This happened in Tacoma, which should surprise nobody. Uh, Does it
0: explain what exactly the friend... It seems like you've left the friend category uh, once you're being dismembered with a chainsaw. Mm -hmm. Did you say what the friend did to, uh, in the killer's estimation, warrant such treatment?
5: No, no, it doesn't. He said uh, he asked his brother to help with the problem. The two admitted to buying a chainsaw and cutting the body into pieces and burying it outside a house in Puyallup.
0: I'm going to need you to carry as something custom, later today. As is really? the custom at the time in Puyallup. <laughs> well, that's, that's before the onion tying.
5: Uh, then from Russia comes word, a bomb blows a hole in the statue of Lenin. Uh, apparently it only blew out Lenin's rear end because those statues were so well made. They attempted to uh, blow up the statue, but... Apparently they only got Lennon's rear end.
0: Is this, which statue, of, this isn't like the... the. Well,
5: there, there's one in every corner there, and it's a cottage industry, it had been. At the time. The, 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 Everybody this, gets a Lennon statue.
0: But this isn't like the, it's it's a door prize. That's the, uh, <laughs> that makes up for the, uh, you know, the crippling poverty and the having the, to, you know...
5: Gaping hole in the back of <laughs> Lennon's posterior. Eat,
0: eat pieces of wood for dinner. Um, but this isn't like his the, the thing where it's his body, right, no. on display. No. Is that thing even still there, where you can go by and see Lennon's corpse? I would imagine it would be. It's a big tourist attraction, isn't it? I don't know. It's one of the main reasons we're going there. Really? Well, I guess I guess there's really not a whole. I, I don't really know what else it, 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 I would be traveling to Russia to see. So, I mean, really, once you've got, once you've gone and seen Lenin's, uh, you know, Lenin's corpse, you've probably uh, that's the that's the uh, space mountain. That's the Matterhorn ride of uh, of Russia. All right.
5: From the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Awards, uh, Joe Perry steps up to the mic. just got to play
3: with a few of my f- uh, friends uh, tonight. Uh, I'm really proud of Metallica and uh, everybody that got in.
5: So it was uh, Metallica, Jeff Beck, and Run DMC among the five uh, performance arts indicted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Saturday. Uh, apparently it was a three-hour ceremony, but I went back to look for it yesterday and I couldn't find it anywhere, so maybe it's online. One more thing, Uh, let's see, a 17-year-old Blaine team was buried with full military honors nearly 60 years after lying about his age to join the Army. Robert Shoning was one of uh, 229 bodies discovered in North Korea from 1996 to 2005. That's from the long-forgotten Korean War. Jobs coming to Portland, a $138 million reservoir project, will create 1,500 jobs in Portland over the next three years. It starts this summer at Powell Butte. I new 50 million gallon reservoir will be next to the 50 million gallon reservoir that's already there. That was built in 1979, but we need more water, so we better start digging a, a big hole.
0: Start digging a big hole right now. I'd much rather have that than a lid over the existing reservoir to keep people from frolicking in the water, whatever it is they do. Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian, uh, you have got an article coming up uh, in the A&E, which is about, I'll <laughs> let you say it. I'll, oh. let you, I'll let you say it out loud, because if I say it, I'm going to get a dirty look i uh,
1: got a cover story coming up in the A&E section on the Bridgetown Comedy Festival, the second annual Bridgetown Comedy Festival, which is bringing to town uh, people like Janine Garofalo and David Keckner, who you may have seen. Is Janine Anchorman. Garofalo,
0: is she less uh, bony and unlikable at this point? She just turned all spiky and grisly. I don't think she ever washes her
1: hair. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean? No, like, that's Rob Pattinson. Oh.
0: No, at a, at a certain point, like, at a certain point, she was very, um... I don't know. She seemed she seemed to have a lot of life and vitality in her. And you look at her now and it's just sort of she looks like if you were to take like Susan Powder and maybe leave her out in the desert uh, for five or six weeks uh, and then to reanimate her some, you know, somehow and then uh, have her talk about George W. Bush relentlessly. That's sort of what Janine Garofalo seems to be uh, doing at this point.
1: She does seem to have gotten some tattoos.
0: She seems like a weird uh, like Disneyland Hall of President's version of herself.
1: Right. Well, well we'll find anyway. out when she's here. We'll find out. All right.
0: <laughs> uh, so that is coming up and then I guess the uh, this coming weekend is that Paul and that's not even I keep saying Paul Bart Monca but it's not that. It's the, the no. Seth Rogen thing that is like Paul Bart I can't even say apart. the name of the movie. I'm so glad. <laughs> oh, the mall cop one? You don't have to talk. Yeah. Paul Blart yeah. mall cop or yeah. whatever. It's, so. all,
1: it's all part of the great mall <laughs> cop explosion of yeah, 09 no, movie going. Cop-
4: now, do you know when it was filmed? Is it like something that they're pulling out because of his newfound fame? Because he looks a lot younger and it just looks awful.
1: Well, I have a feeling that they must have been in production at the same time with these two dueling mall cop projects. Um, and this one has the misfortune, I guess, that would be the word, of coming out after Paul Blart Mall Cop. Well, is this like a turned thing turned into a big hit? And to
0: echo Sarah's point, I saw that when we went to see uh, Watchmen, they were showing the the trailer for the new Seth Rogen thing, and it did very much look like a thing that he might have shot eight or nine years ago that they had sitting in a box somewhere, <laughs> and then with the success of you know whatever, like uh, knocked up or something, like hey, uh, <laughs> what else have we got here in the Rogen file? <laughs> I don't know. terrible, uh, a terrible movie where he's patrolling a food court. That's great. Let's. Uh, Let's put that out.
1: It is, a, it is a laugh-free trailer, if ever I saw one. <laughs>
0: Excellent. We'll go out on, on that. Christy Turnquist, you can read more of her at OregonLive.com or in the Oregonian. Thank you, Christy Turnquist. Thank you. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, what we are going to do right now is we are going to take uh, caller number 10 for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Pennywise and Pepper at the Roseland. It is the uh, Jägermeister Music Tour, uh, which is coming uh, to the town April 14th at the Roseland Theater. It's your chance at tickets, as well as a Pennywise skate deck and a Qualification for the grand prize. So, more about that on the other side. We will take Connor 10 at 503 733 2970. 503 733 2970. More from Tim Riley ahead, as well as today's top five. The top five songs that sound very similar to Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Monday morning. Don't forget, coming up at 9 o'clock, Smells Like the 90s with Buzz featuring a solid hour of Nirvana. It was 15 years ago today that the announcement about the Kurt Cobain's death uh, was made. And we will be uh, counting on the top five songs It's uh, sound astonishingly similar to Smells Like Teen Spirit. That's uh, just ahead. It is time... For your chance of winning a pair of uh, passes to see the Jägermeister Music Tour featuring Pennywise and Pepper, as well as a Pennywise skate deck, you'll also be entered into the grand prize for a Jägermeister tap machine, a custom Jägermeister guitar, PV amplifier, and a JVC HD radio. Ladies and gentlemen, let us now go to caller number 10 on the Rick Emerson Show. Good morning to you. What is your name, sir? Uh, My name's Dave. Hello, Dave. How are you on this fine Monday?
2: I'm doing outstanding, Big Rick, and uh, I just want to say real quick that it is music to our sweet ears out here to hear Mr. Tim Riley delivering
0: that news, baby. Why, thank you. <laughs> giving you the information is only he can, my friend. Yes, sir. All right. Here is your question. John Cummings, Douglas Colvin, Jeffrey Hyman, and Tommy Erdelye are the real names of what uh, the members of what legendary punk band? They are the real names of the members of what legendary punk band? is that your final answer sir not really but close enough. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a binary proposition it's uh, that's yeah. kind of a yes no uh sadly that that couldn't possibly be more incorrect yeah it uh,
2: couldn't be any more wrong
0: you uh, know what you but i have to say you've you've won my admiration and esteem just because of your sense of moxie sir so enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your day my friend all right, all right it all up. thank you Start so it. much all right we'll do one more try here hello hi you're on the rick emerson show who might this be this is Joe. Hello, Joe. Same question to you. John Cummings, Douglas Colvin, Jeffrey Hyman, and Tommy Ardell are the real names of the members of what legendary punk group?
3: I'm going to guess Pliny Wires.
0: That's a good guess, and I admire the fact <laughs> that you just decided to go straight for the uh, straight for the ticketed band. No, that might is uh, well. That is also incorrect, sir. All right. Good, good day to you. All right. And final try today. Uh, hello, who might this be?
7: This is Pete.
0: Hello, Pete. How are you on this Monday morning? Fantastic. All right. Same question to you. John Cummings, Douglas Colvin, Jeffrey Hyman, Tommy O'Dell Yee are the real names of the members of what legendary punk band? Uh, Dead Milkman. <laughs> really? The Dead Milkmen? That's the best I could come up with. I don't know where many punk bands. Can you sing a little bit of uh, Bitchin' Camaro for me? Bitchin' Camaro! Bitchin' Camaro! ha ah, ah, ha ah. ha! You talk
5: sound like Beavis. That <laughs> yeah, sounds like Miley Cyrus. Here's the thing
0: that uh, that makes me smile and it makes me laugh inside. That, however, is not sufficient to uh, to win said passes. All right, I'm sorry about that. Now, the answer is uh, well, first of all, the answer is no. Uh, the follow up answer is uh, the Ramones. The correct answer uh, is the correct answer there is the Ramones, sir. All right, join us again tomorrow when we will endeavor to once again give away a pair of passes five, to the Jaegermeister four, Music Tour. This, three, however, is your seven, top five for Monday. Five. Fire. And here's the thing: is that's not so totally dissimilar from the way that song actually sounds. So, well done, my friend. sounds pretty close.
3: Yeah.
2: Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't
5: you? All
0: right, ladies and gentlemen, with your top five for Monday,
5: it's Tim Riley. And it was on this week in 1994 that Kurt Cobain ended his own life, bringing to a close one of the most influential chapters in modern history. As we examine his place in the evolution of music, we present these, the top five songs that sound like, smells like teen spirit.
0: And there was no way to write that without making it sort of linguistically awkward. I tried Mm -hmm. to do a whole, like, sounds like teen spirit kind of a thing, and that that didn't really work. Uh, These are the top five songs that bear a musical similarity to Smells Like Teen Spirit. Tim Riley. Number five, Boston, More Than a Feeling. This one's actually, um, this one's more of an honorable mention, actually. Because it's just the way that this riff turns around here, this, which is very similar in terms of the chords and the way. Oh yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. I've actually always wondered why somebody, like a some sort of a novelty performer, did not take "Smells Like Teen Spirit" and actually re-record it in this fashion using this same arrangement and guitar tone. And they all have that kind of Louie Louie thing going on. But that that little four-chord progression they do there is very similar to the way that it's done Smells Like Teen Spirit. So that's almost more of an honorable mention, but it was worth noting. These are the top five songs that sound like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Tim Riley. Number four, Nirvana, Rape Me. So this is uh, from In Utero.
4: Oh, yeah, I hear that.
0: I mean, oh, yeah. It's the exact same song. Yeah, it it really is. And it's got the same sort of light, heavy, quiet, loud dynamic. I mean, especially the way he strums it there in the opening. And then just imagine this is going to the chorus of Smells Like Teen Spirit right here. Mentally remove his vocals from this. Yeah, it's the same song. Not that he's not a genius. It's the Rick Emerson Show. These are the top five songs that sound sound, uh, stunningly similar. Too much alliteration for a month. uh, It smells like Team spirit. Tim Riley. Number
5: three, The Offspring, Self-Esteem.
0: Again with the four chord.
4: God, you're right. I've never even noticed that before.
0: It really, the record company, was they were looking through the vaults trying to find anything that had kind of a dun-dun, 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 dun-dun pattern to it. <laughs> yeah. It was sort of like, um it was as though uh, Art Alexakis decided to spread his songs among five or six different bands. You know, all kind of the same general thing going on. I haven't heard this song in forever.
4: I loved Offspring so much when I was younger.
0: There's a great video. It's got that video of them throwing eggs at the camera. Yeah. I remember not believing that Dexter Holland had a degree in microbiology until I looked it up. Didn't seem like it could possibly be true. And yet it is. There we go. These are the top five songs that sound a lot like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Number two, Dandelion, Under My Skin. Uh, So this is Under My Skin by Dandelion, a band that is almost totally forgotten at this point. The only reason that anybody really remembers Dandelion, first of all, he had to be around at a specific slice of time and be listening to a certain kind of radio. Yeah,
4: because I don't remember Dandelion.
0: It's all about that again. That you know the way they do those those staccato four chords, and the fact that this guy had a very Cobain scream on the chorus. And these songs all came out within just a couple of years of each other, which is the weird thing.
4: You know how you just said Everclear? Mm-hmm. This totally reminds me, too, of uh, Heroin
0: Girl. Oh, I can see By that. Everclear,
4: that's totally another Nirvana song.
0: Yeah. These are the top five songs that sound a lot like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Number one, Tim Riley. Bush and Little Things. Yeah. This was a time of great innovation and groundbreaking musical vision in the... Uh, in the world of rec- recorded art. Wow. I think to everybody's credit, even at the time, we recognized uh, what a ripoff this was. I'm glad we got away from the uh, from the '80s when all the rocks sounded alike. Well, what are you going to do? He's rich and he gets to to, uh, bang Gwen Stefani. I mean, really. It's learn to play guitar. It ends well sometimes. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It is Rock 101 KUFO. We wrap things up with Tim Riley and Smells Like the 90s happens at 9. It all starts right after this.
1: Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO.
0: We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Katie Darrell from TMZ.com and from Cinematical, Dawn Taylor, plus a, another pair of tickets to see Pennywise and Pepper uh, the Rosal. That'll be uh, tomorrow. Tim Riley, what were today's biggest headlines?
5: The biggest headlines, nine escape monkeys have been caught, a woman mistakenly glues her eyes shut, and uh. Mara Fawcett's selfish drug-addicted son gets, gets arrested while she's in the hospital. And her people say she's doing fantastic.
0: And don't forget, coming up... Really? Did they say that, yeah. uh? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that? Are her people the same people that handled Frank Sinatra? Yes. That's wonderful. Is she going to be up and joking with physicians any moment That's now? That's what she's doing now. Look, I hate to point this out, but i it, it must be said. Really, of all the ways to go out, uh, dying of anal cancer has got to be near the top of the list of things I don't wish to experience. Especially while your uh, jackass kid is off getting himself locked up somewhere. Seriously. Mm-hmm. All right, well, what can you do? The Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dylan Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. On the phones, Greg Nibbler. Blah, 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 Nibblownian, blah, 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 Futurama. On uh, the newsroom, Tim Riley, uh, the gatekeeper's is in. The web mistress is Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan, don't F with me, Reynolds. Uh, executive producer, one Christopher J. Paddock. We want to thank Christy Turnquist from the Oregonian, as well as actor Nathan Fillion, who joins us today. Also senior radio correspondent, Jim Roop and Steve Kastenbaum. My name is Rick Emerson. It is April 6th, 2009, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, thank you for listening. Be safe. See you all tomorrow. Bye.